Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Crate 808. Here we are on another live show. We're waiting for the patrons to filter in. If they filter in, they might not. Who knows? Might have something better to do. But I hope they don't because today we've got a big subject at hand. For the regular listeners, they will know that we have got an alien playlist, a hundred songs you would play, a hundred hip-hop songs you would play to an alien to teach it hip-hop. And it's kind of morphed into this thing where we had like five biggie songs on there. Yeah, that's a lot of songs. And they were like, no, no, we could only have one song per artist on that list. And go to crate808.com to check out that list. But uh, yeah, so this is how we're going to reason it. And we're going to have ourselves and our guests come on and talk about our top five notorious big songs and why and then boil it down to which one we think should be played to an alien uh, to teach it hip-hop and then it can be one and this is one of the goats one of the top fives of all time and to do it with us today we've got two very special guests in the house we have got long-time listener and patron computer contributor uh, dano from free music empire in one corner and in the other corner we've got john bass from notorious pod long-time listener i think john uh, i would like to say <laughs> just what awesome. bass. <laughs> why not <laughs> but yeah uh, spurs fan massive hip-hop head and yeah just good to have you both on dan how are you doing mate i'm doing great i'm doing pretty great being an active person on people's patreons recently sean Cantrowitz, who runs the questions mm-hmm. he posted he was going to interrupt interview corrupt wow recently. so i was like wow mm. he was like any questions you would want to ask corrupt mm. and i said please ask him if there's any corrupt song that he wishes corrupt hadn't made <laughs> he asked a much much nicer worded version of it to corrupt <laughs> yeah um, nice. And and sixteen year old Dan was really excited about this, mm. uh, and was like, "Yeah, I kind of talked to corrupt in a way." Uh, so <laughs> I'm I'm high off that, really. No, but uh, 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 yeah, that yeah. is that's a beautiful thing. Love corrupt. Do go listen to the corrupt yeah. episode that we've got as well because he it's a <laughs> it's amazing. Dan, I didn't want to do that, but you got to self promote, and it's all cyclical, isn't it? No, uh, feel free. <laughs> John, how are you doing, mate? How are you? It's been a long time since we had you on, but yeah, the last few times it's been great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good actually. I was just thinking about um, the last time I was on. I can't believe that I didn't get the infamous Mob Deep um, put into Crate 08. And I, I'm still, if I'm honest, I'm still fuming about it. Um, <laughs> but no, I, aside from that, I'm good. Uh, you mentioned Spurs. The less said about that, the better. Mm. Um, normally, normally, and I don't know if it's in the running order for today, like normally you ask, like, least hip hop thing you've done in the last 24 was, hours. Is that on the list? That's the first thing. Could, Please go and go ahead and answer it whilst you're doing it. So I. So I knew that this was like a normal part of the format, but I kind of um, forgotten about it until literally a few minutes before we started recording. Mm. And I, if I tell you that about an hour ago, I was sat on the sofa watching a recording of um, Dragon's Den with a face cream face pack on sitting next to my wife. Wow. Um, wow. That's I probably as least hip hop as I've been in my life, if I'm honest. So that was, but you know, it's, it's great material for this exact question, which suddenly dawned on me as I was washing it off my face. Uh, just about to That's awesome. Still the, recording. Yeah. The weird thing is not the face mask as much. It's Dragon's Den, mate. I don't even know if anyone watched that anymore. And there you yeah, are. You're well, the audience. It. You're the audience. This is it. <laughs> it's, it's like late thirties, uh, guys who exfoliate their face. That's the target audience. now. Dragon's Den. It makes a lot of sense. And you've got great skin. I was going to say your skin, looks very fresh so thanks okay appreciate it bro love it dan dano what, what have you got mate for least hip-hop thing in the last 24 hours and by the way so the first thing i want to say about this the uh, the answer i hate when people when you ask these questions people are like 
Everything I do is hip hop. <laughs> I can't think of anything I do. Oh, relax, loosen up. Um, the, but the the positive to keep it positive. I think James Weissman's kind of the king of this question. Mm-hmm. Like your host, James Weissman, comes with great in depth stories. Mm-hmm. So he's he's my bar here. Who's James this, Weissman? Say, Can you tell me who James Weissman is? Isn't that your co-host on the regular things? James, Am I mispronouncing his name? Jay's Midwinter. Oh my God. Jay's Midwinter. What? James Weissman plays for the Golden State Warriors. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he's he mixed up. I wish it was so that other guy then. <laughs> I am old. Um, so thank you. No, but, no, all good. Yes, Midwinter. I would never have remembered anything that British. Um, so, <laughs> but I was going to say that with the, He's he's my bar here. Mm. So the story is yesterday. So this I've got a very relaxing thing I do with my son. Mm. We color together, right? Mm. Um, and it's very meditative in this weird way to just put everything out of your head and just color the picture. Mm. Um, and so it's become a thing. Yesterday, I was all excited. I was like, all right, I'm out of work. We can color. And he looks at me and goes, too dark to color. Too dark outside. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And I, I'm arguing with him. Like, what do you mean? I work till five o'clock. It's going to be dark. Why do you, mm. Now I got to wait till the 28th. We're leaving this week. Like, I'm like arguing with him mm. about coloring this picture. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that's very hip hop. No. Although coloring could be. I can see like Snoop doing a bit of the painting in his spare time. I think that's all right. I was just thinking, that makes me think, I wonder which rappers do paint. Like, I can see DJ Quick painting. I can see DJ quick painting at home, you know, like doing portraits and shit or natural life. I don't know. I yes. just, or Snoop, like maybe trying something. But then doesn't Ghostface write in his rhymes in graffiti script? I was reading the Raekwon book and they were saying that Ghostface would hand me his like rhyme books and they were all being like graffiti script. And now that's the dream I never want broken in my head, which is Ghostface Killer goes out there and writes everything in like graffiti script. So <laughs> how long, how long must that take him to write verses? Like it's unbelievable. I love that. I hope. That's true. Even if it's not true, let's pretend that it is because that's incredible. I want that true and the burying the KFC in the director's backyard. Uh, Have you heard that story, John? No, I haven't. Oh, fucking hell. Sounds amazing. Okay. uh, This is as usual. We have done a Ghostface Killer series (laughs) and every episode descends into Ghostface at some point. We are going to talk about Biggie, but let's just quickly tell the story. Dano, you, you remember this story, right? Maybe. What, what are we talking so, about? So, so it's Ghostface. Is it Brett Ratner, the 90s director oh in God. Hollywood? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and he was chilling at Brett Ratner's house. I think he stayed the night. And Steve Rifkin, caught, he called up Steve Rifkin, who was Loud Records CEO, and uh, who knew Ghost quite well. And he was like, and he let, came and left and everything. And uh, this is, if I'm butchering the story, I apologize, but I'm doing it off the top of the dome and I forget things. I'm old. Uh, but, right, he goes, he goes, uh, Shit, no, you get no, get him out of your house. You can't have goes. He, he's a he's crazy. He's like a dangerous, crazy person. And it's like, no, he's not. He's lovely. He's had him around. He's been great. And they're like, no, no, he's he's a bit weird. Like he's he's, he's on angel dust and shit like that. Like you know, again, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but you know, you think, oh shit, well that's crazy. And uh, a few weeks later, they discovered. A KFC was buried in Brett Ratner. I think it's Brett Ratner. Uh, his backyard that, K- that that ghost had buried in the middle of the night. And th- what? 
And his dog was like, it's like, what the fuck? And so he buried it. Yeah, it's really weird. And Steve Richards was like, I'm, I was worried for you, mate, that you had ghosts around your house. You don't know what's going to happen. So wow, there you go. And that's about right, isn't that's it, Dan? Have I got that right? I don't know, Dan. Have I got that I think, right? I think you got most of that right. It's, it's, I would say, I, I just wanted to add to the rappers that paint thing mm. and shout out old grape God, who's kind of a legend in the Portland, Oregon scene, mm. who's a great painter. Uh, right. Lord Queso also does some work he has a, a, a instagram account Lord there's Kesa. a bunch of yeah there's right. a bunch of people who do their own where i've been like who did your cover isaac like, me you know i'm like damn like it's uh <laughs> amazing well, there you go i think i think on a um on a uk side of things hasn't skepta just like sold a painting for like mega bucks there you go see he was so awesome. yeah I was yeah. I was in Ibiza last summer and Skepta was doing a set like the day after we left. I was really interested to see what a Skepta Ibiza set would be like. But like, what's that? Like what is that? But yeah, it could have been really grimy, I imagine. Yo, 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 just breaking up this episode to tell you all about the Crate 808 Patreon, a place where you can help support the show so we can make you more dope rap chat and to go out there and get some bonus episodes under your belt and also get involved with the live chats with the Crate 808 crew and guests. Go to crate808.com or go to patreon.com slash crate808. Sign up for as little as buying us lunch every month. You can get two bonus episodes, including including hidden gem album reviews from the golden era of the 90s and also you get our series focusing on MF Doom and Jay Dilla and also the Wu-Tang Chronicles. Once a month we drop an album review of every single Wu-Tang member. We're going to go through every solo album and then review it for you guys and right now it's Ghostface. Go in there, get them Ghostface Killer Editions in your catalogue. So get involved, help us grow this show and yes, big yourselves up, enjoy the rest of the episode. Boom! but yes let me dip into the chat real quick before we move into biggie chat because uh, people have uh, filtered in let's see in an orderly crew q uh, oz osman iqbal a uh, yo 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 and another yo for luck always need a good yo uh, jack p yeah. evening all this is by far the hardest list to do uh so far and yeah that that is very so we're going to get into how much of a headache this but i even changed it before i logged on um steve piper good evening good evening mate ninja rose peace i got my top five biggie songs uh, after a load of anxiety i love what we're doing to our uh, listeners people who actually are paying us to make content we're just making them really anxious for, for ages this is what we do people have self-help pods we have a really anxiety inducing one um Free music here is Dan. In, I love that, Dan. Still in the chat. Uh, Creo argues about the alien, like all hosts are sharing custody of a child. That's, yeah. Some people would say you've gone too far with the thing concept and move on and do something new. Whereas we figure, no, let's let us review every single Ghostface album and every single Rake One album. But what about the, yeah, no, keep doing it. That's what I say. Uh, so uh, it's, <laughs> I love how Ninja Rose is here. It's more important than Custody of a Child, which, fair play, it, it, it probably is. <laughs> Osman yeah. Iqbal, I remember yeah. first hearing about Cray 808 on Notorious P.O.D. on uh, John's podcast. Uh, so 
by that token, he's owed some significant royalties. Oh, that went the other way. <laughs> that went the other way. I thought, the other way. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was no. going one way and now I'm watching my wallet. Uh, it's, yeah, the infamous- <laughs> and while I'm here, I'm here to serve you some papers. <laughs> yeah. like- right, right. Lawyers <laughs> will be in touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, the infamous would have got in if they didn't have the worst beat of 1995. <laughs> Osman Hickman has got a great memory for this podcast. Great it was, memory. It was the infamous versus Aquemini, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And um, and I got in mainly because of me and Ray's argument that uh, which track is it QB's? There's a track on the infamous, which he said is the worst hip hop beat of 1995. Which is berserk, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the most ridiculous comments is is classic Ray Ridge, if ever I've heard it. Yeah. I was fuming at the time. And even at the end, when the decision was made, he was almost like, I can't believe that you picked Aquemini. <laughs> so it, it was it was mental. And as you can tell, I'm completely over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was the debates we used to do. We're going to bring them back, hopefully, 2023. I want to do them again. So right. all of you would love to see spreadsheets on these as well. Uh, Lisa Bob Bing, I was on the Elizabeth line yesterday, subtly dancing and tapping my feet to BTS, specifically Dynamite, says Osman. Fair play. Oh. Uh, I made pea and ham soup yesterday. Certainly didn't feel hip-hop, says Jack P, which, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound hip-hop either. I don't think it is very hip-hop. Uh, Oz, how is James Wiseman doing anyway? Not heard of Jambo for, this for a while. Yeah, he's been off for a while. So, yeah, took a break, mate. I think he just uh, can't do Ray anymore, which is fine. This is absolutely fine. Uh, don't drop your fives now, Ninja Rose. We're going to go in. Q U Hectic. That was it, Nick Sheffield. Big up Nick Sheffield uh, for remembering that. It was Q- Great memory. Q U Hectic. The worst beat. Of not- it's, <laughs> Which it's is mental because it's, it's a great beat. And uh, that's an absolute yeah. banger. Yeah, it's moronic. So, it's a moronic. It's a moronic robbed. take. Yeah. Robbed. I've been um, robbed. So before we go in, let's go quickly uh, say yo to the new patrons, by the way. We do have some. Colin, welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome back, Nick Sheffield. Mate, thank you for coming back. Uh, always good to have you back on. And big up Trap Man for levelling up and copying a few of them Woo episodes. I uh, hope you enjoyed those. Uh, and we have had a few people on the socials dropping us on what they think are, you know, their top five biggies. Uh, and I also have a very good MF Doom story. It's not very good. It's, it's a good MF Doom story that I just, someone commented on Facebook. So we can get that anytime you want, but let's do Biggie first, maybe, and then end with the Doom story, if you remind me. Um, so we are going to do this. Uh, oh, who do I go to first? I think what we do, I've basically got 11, and that's what I usually do. I usually bring more than I'm allowed. But what I, I've got my five out of that 11. So I was thinking we could do it two ways, lads. I could just count down from my 11 to five and just see if you've got any of them in your top five. We could do it that way. Or we could just go round and round and have a look at who's got what and see if we cross over. So up to you guys, which one would you prefer? So I think maybe, because I think everybody forms their list based on different criteria. Mm. So maybe we could talk about like what we thought about when we were putting this together for like yeah. what we were going for. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. Um, kicking off my end, I think repeatability became quite a big thing, but also <clears throat> moments in my life. So it was, it's a very qualitative, quantitative five, if you know what I mean. It's very qualitative. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's what I just think is it's a mastery of like, you know, you think epitome of what he's good at. These are the five that 
if it's storytelling or flow or um, vocab- vocabulary or just being really honest or whatever it is, I've got like five where I think trying to encapsulate not all of Biggie because there's some parts of Biggie that aren't probably mirrored in my five, but that's kind of what I was going for. So repeatability, mass- repeatability massive, uh, obviously personal where I was in my life and how it changed and how it has changed over the years. Uh, Cause some of these wouldn't have been in my five before. And I think that's where I'm kind of at and kind of a portrayal of his skills. Uh, and one of them will be for an alien. So it's almost like you're a newcomer, bang, this is biggie. So um, that's me, John, have you, what was your, what was your kind of criteria? Yeah. My rationale was a little bit similar in the sense of, I was trying to, trying to think about the tracks that encapsulated his whole being and essence and artistic, um, kind of style but I, I kind of my initial thought was like I'm just going to pick my five favourite and so I just literally just kind of put them down in, in order just like in any random order these are my five favourites and then when I looked at that I kind of thought actually this has done kind of a good job in the sense of the reason that I'm a fan of his is probably because I do like those different dimensions to to his ability and his and his skill set and you mentioned like storytelling and then sometimes it's just straight up bars and it's like his delivery can change and mm. all of those bits and pieces and then I also thought about the other dynamic was like sort of landmark records in his career. So like things that like penetrate not just Biggie fans, but like hip hop as a whole and actually the music industry as a whole. And those kind of landmark records that if you said Biggie to a person on the street, that there would be a record in this list, like one or two that people would go, yeah, I know that one. Mm. Right? And to me, it's like, it's easy to throw that away sometimes with an artist like big recognizable records mm. but there is a reason that they have longevity and they have to have some hits and so i think i've tried to think about a balance between between that kind of stuff and just like bars basically. yeah i feel you i feel you good artists to do that with actually uh yeah. dan what about you man first i wanted to, to build on john's point that like whenever you're making a list that, that great point which was you, t- you can take out a pad of paper or a Word document, whatever you do, and just don't even worry about the order. Just start writing down nominees. Mm. Like, hey, what, what are my nominees here? How mm. big is the pool? You just start writing down things, and your subconscious organizes that shit. After, if, you, <laughs> if you do enough of these lists, yeah. your subconscious yeah. starts organizing and you start, oh, that actually is number one. Okay. Mm. Uh, and and it's it gets easier. So yeah, if you're doing it, I think that's we suggest is a great way to do it. Mm. Favorites, start writing, organize it after you have stuff on the page. I, I feel um, you. But yeah, for me, I'm going to read off my ornate spreadsheet here. Presenting Biggie Smalls to the alien, my focus is not white suit Biggie. Big Papa, the world is filled, but how terrifying his mind was when it was unleashed. Big painted his darkness vividly from sex and violence to paranoia, anxiety, and cancer. He could be smoother and funnier than the most charming popular rappers and the next breath more threatening than anyone. Uh, A high school friend of mine was really believed that Biggie had half of Virginia locked down. (laughs) That's how strong his pen was. Amazing. That that yeah, that's a really good summary of where he was. And I'm so glad it translates from where you grew up to where John grew up to where I grew up. There was this permeating you know when you see a natural athlete or you see a natural 
artists and they just are that and they live it they breathe it that's it comes easy to them even to the myths and stories you hear about his writing and how he didn't write anything down and you know that kind of thing and yeah. not just that but just his freestyles here is freestyles go to the uh is it uh, uh the tunnel with the he's i think he's got one on the um scratch and bobito is what stretch and bobito as well and you're like biggie was that guy you know who could do that and quite easily you what i love what i loved about doing my my number one song people regular listeners probably know what my number one biggie song is, is anyway because i've always talked about it but it's a very personal choice but you know when you hear like where he started on like ready to die as well even on ready to die listening to give me the loot and how rough and mm. ready and punk it's so punk it's like he doesn't give a shit. He's got no filter. And how that, the edge is smooth to this swagger by the time he gets to his second album where it's just, yeah, just smooth. That, that That's all them sharp edges have been rounded into this really amazing polished diamond kind of thing. And um, that's what I loved. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that going back and really seeing his journey. Even the short amount of time we had him, it was such an incredible journey in just those records. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, the amount of like the the sort of superlatives that we can give Biggie, considering the length of his career, is a real testament to the quality of the art that he produced and left left us. Because you know there are some artists that have made you know infinitely more uh, material. That's that's good that people like and enjoy. And I know sometimes people kind of say like, if you get you know cut short, it adds to the mystique and therefore adds to the music. But it's not like yeah. he was like a sleeper hit that no one was aware of, right? He was yeah. the top of the game, right? And we saw, to your point, we saw sort of evolution and progress in a very short space of time between the sort of the, the first um, album and, and the second album. And that kind of process and progress was amazing. Plus what he was doing in terms of bringing through other artists. And I think that was the one of the things that now outside of the art and the music, he was developing as a person, right? He was such a young man when he died. And, you know, there's so much that we've got to interrogate in such a, such a short space of time. It just shows you what an incredible artist and, um, and rapper and, and part of hip hop he really is. Yeah. And how that's perfectly put. And how much range in the limited amount of work he did. Exactly. He put out. I asked on Twitter, Instagram, you know, everywhere, uh, what are your top five songs? I can't even name you probably one song that keeps turning up. Some people are putting Everyday Struggle in there. Some people are putting Get Money in there. Some people are putting, uh, uh, you know, One More Chance Remix. It's so different where you're like, oh, you're that kind of Biggie fan. Oh, you're that kind of Biggie fan. The guy was only around for a few years and already right. he's got fans who yeah. are certain, to, like only Woo and maybe maybe Nas because he was so different over the first two albums but like you can't I don't know if you can say that about Jay-Z Jay-Z I don't know but the biggie thing is like wow you right. gave us so much in like just a short time so yeah no I, I enjoyed that because I didn't start thinking about how widespread and how wide-ranging Biggie's legacy was until I heard I think it might have been Michi Darko on uh Rap Radar mm. Slabber Zombies mm. talking about how Biggie was really important to him mm. and he didn't mention anything about any of the hits, right? He wasn't talking about Juicy. Mm. He was like, no, nah, this dude was like shooting your daughter in the calf muscle. Like this dude was <laughs> like yeah. horrified. And yeah. like, I loved, you know, mm. uh, and that's, so he inspired like the people that came after him that wanted to be Frank White. Mm. He also inspired like the, the Michi Darko style, mm. you know, 
heinous Aesop mob people, mm. right? Uh, because he was he was all of that. Yeah, you know, Jay was never as scary as Biggie was. Never. No, never. Even no. on Friend yeah. or Foe, which is incredible. Like, that's one of the best yeah. probably storytelling songs and Devils and all that. There just wasn't that like shit like you. But then he never had "Give Me the Loot." He never had a no. like. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do a concept character driven. I'm gonna be both characters. Change. I've already gone into my eleven. That's my number eleven, by the way. Give me the loot. But but <laughs> no. but what I was saying was, it's he never had that. And then let's not sleep. Raekwon, Ghost, that massive mafioso influence that definitely influenced Biggie. I'm not just talking about shark biters on um, uh, criminal uh, on uh, only built for human links. Like they pretty much call him out, you know, for using the same album right. cover as mm. Nas. Right. But what I'm saying is this all sh steel, sharp and steel aspect in New York at that time, um, it rubbed off on him as well that if you listen to Give Me The Loot, if you listen to Ready To Die, it is street level tales, I could die any minute. By the time you get to Life After Death, he's had a journey where he's not street, he's mansion tales and maybe warnings, the only diff, the bridge between the two. I was listening to warning again the other day and I was like, that's mm. the track that maybe is the link between mafioso and street level. And he kind of jumped massive into Frank White after he heard, you know, R Lex Diamonds, Noodles, all that on, on Only Built. And Jay after that, you know, Jay-Z and, and Nas on, you know, Nas Escobar and all that. So, um, yeah, no, I just think, again, the journey's amazing. Uh, my number 11 is Give Me The Loot because uh, I was going through these. Has anyone got Give Me The Loot on their fives? Yeah, give me the loot is on my five. Holy shit, John. Oh, <laughs> where where is it? Where is it on your five? So I didn't really have an order. Um, when I, Like I said, when I first put this together, I kind of had it down. This is at number five for me. Right. Um, when I've like really think about it. And and all the points you've just made um, when talking about the track is, is kind of why it is in this five. I think it's a beautiful example of like Biggie's ability to tell a story. But I also think this is like a perfect example of just some fucking great bars in this uh, in this track. And also the, the fact that he's playing two parts, like as a concept mm. of like playing those parts and they're written with a slightly different cadence, a slightly different flow is fucking unbelievable. On the surface, it's quite simple. It's just a fucking aggressive track about robbing people. The actual technicality of writing that is is shows you what's to come from Biggie and the talent that's already there. Um, instrumental is just fucking aggressive it's just a, an aggressive hype track and it, I just fucking love it every time I put it on gets me in the space that I want to be I just I think it's just such a such an important record I love it Easy Mo B on that beat fucking yeah. let's not yeah. sleep on what Easy Mo B was doing back then this pack stuff it was just unreal do you know you said there uh, just to get you know that um, you said earlier like he, he, you, he you think he's got half a Virginia lockdown you know on this is the song where you believe I don't give a fuck if she's pregnant. Also give me the number one right. mom pendant. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like right. in a weird way, as a person who's maybe detached from the religious side of New York, when Nar says I went to hell for snuffing Jesus, Jesus, doesn't land as hard to me as I don't give a fuck if she's pregnant. I want all that chains and your number right. one. That to me hit harder where I was like, nah, Naz, Naz is a level, but this guy means it. Naz says it as a flower, as a rhymer with swag. Biggie says it like he's actually holding a fucking gun in the studio. <laughs> you know, you're like, holy shit, yeah. this guy. Right, no, he, there's there's a difference, Cam, because like Nas says that shit because it's fly, right? And it's like, that shit, that shit hits. Mm. Biggie, when he hits those lines, it feels like 
he's getting close to losing his mind, right? Like, yeah. he, like he really does have a darkness in his soul that comes out of these lyrics, right? Mm. Like, there's part where he talks about like I can't count on my mom anymore, or you know, all these weird like he was, he was yeah. So when he says shit like that, you're like, it hits different, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, and this is a weird thing because at that time we had Kurt Cobain and we had like, I think Radiohead were coming out that time. You had these really open souls like Kurt Cobain like, putting everything in the, in his vocal straining, you know, so you know that guy's going through some pain. The way Biggie did it was play it with characters and it kind of it channeled his pain and stuff through storytelling and right through stuff he was incredibly good at and probably really enjoyed doing. And you're like, give me the loot. It's just, yeah. So I, I, I had it really high up and it just kind of got knocked down after a while through my overthinking probably but give, I'm glad that you had Give Me The Loot Yo yo what up this Big Capadon and you listening to Crate 808 on the gate word up don't hesitate you know what I'm saying Cappuccino the great in your mind state straight up and down Wu-Tang Killer Bees on the swamp what up world this is her favourite colour BLU holding it down on Crate 808 podcast be sure to check us out on Crate808.com hey y'all this is Seth Dog from Cypress Hill listening to the Crate 808 podcast yeah what's up this corrupt young Gotti Dog Pound H-R-S-M-N for and I want to let y'all know one thing. Crate 808. What's up, Raz? What's up, Rup? This is Raz Cass representing that HRSMN, no vowels, horseman. And you are now tuned in the Crate 808. Uh, my number no. 10 is probably going to be in most people's fives here. Uh, when I get to about five, like, then I, w- I would love the live show to start dropping your fives as well. And then we can really get into it. But my number 10, and I want to see if this is anyone else's, uh, Ten Crack Commandments is my number ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Dan's yeah. five. John no, John's yeah. laughing. Is it? <laughs> I feel. I feel like you've basically somehow got some sort of screen mirror because that is my number. That's number four. So it's like we're literally going in order, basically. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, Break it down. Break it down. Why do you love it? So, so I think this was like for me. This is one of those um, tracks where. You know, I was saying before about Give Me The Loot is, you know, on the surface is like just straight bars, but actually there's this intricacy and there's this storytelling aspect and he develops that through his career. I think te- 10 Crack Commandments is like, is the sort of evolution of of this like part of Biggie's writing ability where he like t- can take a concept and really expand that. Mm. Um, and I think he does it so well on this track. It's just got, it's almost become to the point where you could make a whole like limited series on each commandment like when you listen to it right it's yeah. so visual right and like you can really like picture it basically which is let's be honest that's most of hip-hop is is creating words when you're listening that you're visualizing what they're saying and the very best rappers really help you to visualize that i feel like i've seen the movie of 10 crack commandments i've seen the series i can picture it when i hear it and every time i hear it it's the same images i can really see it and feel it and visualize it yep. that to me is yep. like a master at work right plus um, the instrumental is just fucking like incredible. I think was it a um, a J Rue beat that uh, Puffy had heard and um, and sort of walked into the studio and was like, "Whatever you want for that beat, I need to have it for Big." Oh, and offered him like money on the spot, and Preem was just like, "Yeah, okay, we can like we can come to a deal." <laughs> kind of told J Rue it's for Big, and, and apparently J Rue was like, "Yeah, okay, like this, mm. the, we can work something out." Um, which I always thought was a kind of a cool story that you know. Puff for all of his like shiny suits and we need to find a single. He also had an ear for just street shit as well and, mm. and could like could make that work. So yeah, 10 Crack Commandments definitely in there for me. Also, I think it's just one of those uh tracks where 
you you kind of learn the lyrics to that back to back and you just feel like a G like in the shower <laughs> when it comes on like yeah. you know you're just working your way through it plus you've got the the sample uh, in it it's just amazing mm. like everything about it is fucking great and I love it and it's on my rotation heavily all the time wow it. it always reminds me of the SWV track it always goes into the SWV track that I know and it's like yeah it always reminds me of that but I, yeah absolutely amazing uh, Dan any, any thoughts on 10 Crack Commandments and why wasn't it in your five maybe it was it was not in my five because as I was saying, I was going for the kind of the the really unique darkness of the whole thing. But I think mm. I love Ten Crack Commandments and it's been a part of my life, big part of my life. Um, it made me think of so when I was at work, I did a half day of work before this, mm. and I was talking to somebody about going on this, and he was talking about how Biggie wasn't as good as another MC because Biggie's word choice was very simple, hat, bat, rat kind of thing. Mm, and I, I was thinking about this because I've heard this before. I've heard this argument before, right? Mm, mm. That like, you know, so-and-so is really fancy, breaks down scientific stuff. Biggie was very simple. It was all about the flow. The problem with that argument is that word choice is only one part of being a great MC, right? And what Biggie got better at, John was talking about, is organizing his music mm. right or he was the director he mm. decided where the camera went right yeah yeah so it's 10 correct commandments is an amazing song and it's so efficient mm. there's no wasted anything in 10 crack Commandments. yeah it's lean right? as fuck it's very lean it's lean and that's brilliant right mm. the ability to edit the ability he's not even writing it down but he's editing and he's forming it he's structuring it and that'll come in when we talk about my stuff but like yeah his storytelling all that stuff is cinematic it's mm. the ability to create that picture and i think that's that's an argument that they can't go against right would be mm. absolutely right he what i love about him as well he rides minimal beats and really excessive, like hypnotized beats. And you're like, this is that minimal beat where Primo's just cut it right for him. Where he's like, you shine. This is just going to do the other work that, you know, he doesn't even need to do much work because his rhyming's that ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had down like, um, well, like why an alien would maybe need 10 crack commandments mm. to be played to them. And I was like, this is kind of one of the most self-explanatory tracks because it literally is a list of things to do. And even the way he casually comes in, I've been in this game for years. It made me an animal. I've been rules to this right. shit. Uh, I wrote me a manual. And you're like, yeah, the step-by-step and all that shit. And you're like, he's, he's, he's literally spoon-feeding you all this kind of knowledge he's acquired. And even if it is the don't get high off your own supply from Scarface, he flips it in this melodious interpolation where um, it just becomes his. And whenever I talk to younger people, especially my family, about that line, they're like, yeah, Biggie, man, Biggie. It's like, it, yeah, it's Scarface, actually, but it is Biggie who claims it. He kind of makes it his own, if you know what I mean. Um, yep. Talking of interpolation, I don't think there's many artists that are as good as Biggie in the short amount of time he had in doing interpolations, and we'll talk about it later, but mm -hmm. that's one of my favourite parts of his skill. Um, the, the word thing is really interesting because he uses words like simasorte, and who's right. using simasorte? I, I think his vocab sometimes. He, he, not just that, he's rhyming in British accents at times, and he's rhyming in different yeah, accents. Yeah. 
And you're like, what the fuck? And then it's Jamaican. It's not fake Patois. It's like literally like his mum was be talking, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tang Crack Commandments. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's in someone's five because I felt bad that it was so low on mine. But again, I think it is that thing where I think what I'm getting from that, I can get those same rules from some of my top five, like the rules to the game. I'm kind of getting them somewhere else. But yeah, man, I do, I do love, I do love Tang Crack Commandments. Uh, should we dip Amazing. into the chat before we uh, go into um so let's have have a look uh jack p weirdly my number one was an instant pick it's the rest i've struggled with kind of like me i think my number one is kind of always there i chose my favorite tracks with dj uh, to dj with says steve piper good shout that's a good one yeah uh i think my number one was always one as well says free music by there you are there you are Dano. uh my criteria was replay value storytelling best local performances and how they have all aged says ninja rose good yeah good shout how they've aged uh jack p yes john i love give me the loot so much it's my number one wow uh, the combination Fair. of jaunty lightheartedness and gritty cynicism is just so perfectly balanced. You're right. It is so like, this is dark shit, but he's also so funny. His humor was wickedly dark. It was brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I played it so many times. It's the first thing I think of when I think of Biggie, uh, says Jack P. Uh, and it's resistant. Blacker, blacker, blacker. Blacker, blacker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's he saying? Now, give me them door knockers. Give me them door knockers. Like, that's another thing. That's how you explain it. earrings. Come on, man. I love that shit. Uh, it's so legendary. Uh, I always want a 10 track record each song covering one of the commandments, says Jack P. Oh. Yeah. Mini series, I'm telling you, I could see it now. HBO, like proper, like the soundtrack is basically like the, the theme song. Proper mm -hmm. fucking decent cast, like East Coast, New York, proper fucking gully, 90s drug dealer show. 10 parts, bosh. Yeah. Come on, man. That, and the, and the, pre, the prelude is, is Biggie writing the manual. Bosh. Oh, Done. <laughs> HBO, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Put down the mic. Put down the mic. Uh, Steve Piper, Tech Pack Commandments would have been my six. Fair play. I always thought Don't Get High If Your Own Supply was from Friday, says Osmond. No, it wasn't from Friday, although they do say the same shit. I'm pretty sure it's from Scarface, but I probably got that wrong as well. Uh, but yes, there we go. So, okay, what we got? That's just my first two. Oh, number nine. I feel so bad. Oh, Number nine is the One More Chance remix I've got. Ooh. Was, was that in anyone's five? Quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. No, all of mine are from Dead Wrong, so we're good. <laughs> all right. Okay. All of yours are from that. That. that okay, fair. So so One More Chance remix, I, I, I had it down low, but it, let's not lie, it is probably, I know Juicy is up there, but from in my family, that's the kind of party track when that comes on. Yeah, that's a banger. Absolute tune. It's it's one of them where see, this is the the thing, isn't it? It's like for me, Juicy has the like the classicness of it. Mm. But this is the this is the one you actually want to play at your party. And this is actually <laughs> like the commercial one that's good for the ladies. Mm. Like it's just it's a fucking banger. Absolute love that track. It's the only time I can ever be in a room of a party with my mum and dad there, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews, and scream, girls pee pee when they see me. Like, see no, me. like, like that line. If you write that line down, that is corny as fuck. But somehow, Biggie has ma managed to put enough flavour on it, enough spin on it, to make you go, ah, that's fucking cool though, isn't it? Girls are pissing themselves when they see him. Like, that's... It's such a weird thing to say, but yeah. But then he also says on one more chance, the original, which is one when I was a kid, probably my favorite of the, of the two, just being that guy, you know, no, no, not the remix or the original where he says, I'll make your kidney shift. Oh, you're like, Oh Jesus Christ. Right, this right, guy is, right. Yeah. Like he's really, he was, 
yeah, ruthless and, and yeah, <laughs> no filter at all. Um, so one more chance remix. There's number nine. Anyone in the chat uh, or, or who really wants to take us down on these, by the way, do go to create808.com. Uh, no, g- email us actually. Email us at create808 at gmail.com and let us know why we're wrong and why that should be in the top five. I'd love to hear more arguments. That's what I do. Uh, number eight. I don't think it's going to be on anyone's five, but if it is, it'd be incredible. But it is my number eight. Uh, you're nobody till somebody kills you. Has anyone got that in their fives? Do I? I might have. Let me take a look. Oh, oh, uh, oh! Yes, that's my number three. Yeah. What, Dan? Yeah. Wow. Break it down. Yeah. You're nobody till somebody kills you. Let me know. Let me know why that's three for you. Ah, uh, so like, it, it was weird. I was Biggie was a big part of my life because I. So I went in the army in 1999. Right. And we were always like, I just kept bumping into people referencing Biggie in these kind of ways, like in regular life situations. Like, um, and, and, and I think the third verse of you're nobody till somebody kills you is terrifying and incredibly thoughtful and, it, it just lives in my head. Um, so do you want me to do a little bit of it or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm actually looking it up right now, but yes, well, go on. Tell me yeah. which, which part of that verse you love. Cause I've got a lot of stuff on it. it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a story, right? It's like, you can be the shit flash, the fattest five, oh, have the biggest, the biggest dick. dick. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Remember we, you know, you ain't worth spit. Just a memory. Remember he used to push the champagne rain. I fucking love this Silly verse. cat or suede in the rain. For day to day, and he ran with Kane. Mm. Can't recall his name. You know, you he can't kid? remember who this person is. Mm. And then he's like, you know, oh yeah, he lost half his brain over two bricks of cocaine, getting his dick sucked by crackhead Lorraine. A fucking shame. Duke's a lame. What's his name? Dark skinned Jermaine. He can mm. only remember him when he thinks about the absurdity of his murder. Mm. He can't really mm. remember him as a person. Mm. Um, and that's like that's the shit as a philosophy major that just fucking destroys me. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. That. But like, it, it's so incredibly beautifully organized, right? Mm. That whole sequence of thought processes and it articulates the point so wonderfully. Uh, yeah, and it, it's a haunting song. Yeah, that yeah. haunt. You ain't worth spit. Just a memory that always sticks to me because I'm because this came out after he died. I remember yep. thinking at that time, yep. like, fuck, he was still really dark. We, we've got all the suicidal thoughts to go to. We, we know how on the precipice you have been. Yet still, when you have got a, an album laid with hits, you are king of New York. I don't think anyone, I know people are going to say Ray. I know people say Nas, but he was king of New York. From, the, from over here where we were, he was like a shining star above everyone. That is because of the bad boy push as well. But he was. He just was. And when he then says, you ain't worth spit, just a memory. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy is like, yeah, and I'm so with you. Like, you see what I mean? Even the way he delivers that is just like, see what I mean? Like, 
I, I'm telling Ooh. the truth here. I'm not lying. Here's a, you know, what was it, when he talks about a champagne range, always got me as well. Like, this guy used to drive a champagne range. How can you not remember him? Oh, no, he's the one. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, also, also, one of the personal reasons it is so high is because people who long-time listeners will know, it is what our, our podcast was going to be called, Escalator Style. Escalator Style. Because yeah. It, yeah, it is my favourite Biggie line. Of all time. I've tried... You know, you're 21, you're full of spunk. You're like, yeah, I'm going to fucking run shit. You know, I started working at the BBC. I was like, yeah, man, I'm fucking, you know, doing shit. And then you're like, uh, when it's like, I'll ride the ladder to success escalator style. It feels like that in your early 20s yeah. when everything tends to be going right and then life kicks in. And then <laughs> 20 years later, you're like... Holy shit, I'm quite a jaded individual. Like I'm quite pessimistic compared to that person. And not and, and Biggie always reminds me of that other self I used to be, which was that, you know, I will ride the land of success, escalator style. And just even if it's hard work, I'll try to make it look easy. And which is exactly what he did. So um another good reason for you're nobody till somebody kills you. I love that you got that on there, Dan. Yeah. I love that. Number three. Love that. Yeah. Um incredible song. Yeah, brilliant song. Uh so Let's have a look at Ninja Rose. I hear people saying that Big shouldn't be in top five all time because of lack of material. I think we might have covered that already Ooh. in our an, uh, initial points. And yet we were talking about his music three decades later. What an astonishing impact he had. Ninja Rose, you're right. And we talked about it earlier. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say on that. Like people saying he should be, top, I find that nonsense, but yeah. I want to, I want yeah. to jump yeah. in. Oh, oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Sorry. No, go, uh, well, okay. So yeah, I was just going to say like, if you, if you put that in any other art form, right? Like uh, Stanley Kubrick. Mm. He's not made as many films as like loads of other directors, but those films are much better than theirs. Mm. There's the same principle. It's not about the the quantity. It's about the quality of the work. Mm. This idea of like, oh, but in that they've been around longer, so like we have to you know judge it on the body of work. It's like I don't. I just think that's a complete red herring. I just don't think it stands mm. up in art specifically. Right? It's a very different thing in say sport for example like it's almost the opposite you have one good season in any sport and then play for 10 years do nothing else mm. then you're not really a great art is a completely different thing you create one brilliant piece of art you didn't you follow up with an, you know in some people's eyes an even better piece of art or you know a body of work that people really enjoy mm. that's enough you you just compare what they have versus what the other people have if they've got 10 albums but they've got two good ones and you've just got two good ones that's the same mm. so that argument to me is just a complete pointless like red herring that people use so they can uh, not include big when they know that they should <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well are you dad i just i just found the apostrophe that it's ninja's rose not not ninja rose. I know. I can't, Incredible. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I learned something. So, but, but I, I wrote, I got tired of this ninja's mm. rose and I wrote for free music empire, kind of a breakdown criteria evaluation of how you should do your best MCs who ever lived. Right. Mm. Because you are going to run into this, right. Mm. You've got 300 years of Buster Rhymes and you've got two albums of Biggie. Right. Yeah. But here's what you've got to do. I, I think you have to factor in potential for growth, right? Mm. Some people who are big, important uh, people in music who die were already at the end of their relevance mm. and were sputtering, right? Mm. And so you get you get the impression that there wasn't a lot of a lot more there, right? Mm. Uh, but Biggie. Biggie was clearly building for the future, right? Yeah. Like building, he's one of the great what ifs because of this, right? The 
Biggie would have clearly maneuvered the new age without any issue, right? Mm. Um, and the lack of material isn't his fault. He was gunned down, you see. Yeah. So you can't you can't find him for being gunned down. That's weird. Mm. Uh, so you have to you have to factor in his potential mm. in, a, in some way. You have to honor what he could have achieved. Yeah. It could be yeah. good, could be bad, but there was a building element to it. I love that. I love the fact that he got that. He was showing growth. Some people don't. Some people do yeah. the same album over and over and over again. But like he right. wasn't. He, he kind of grew with it. You're right. Yo, what up, y'all? This is DJ Premier, and you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. Hey, yo, yo, yo. This is your boy, Farrell March, and right now, you are rocking live with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, what's up? This is Del, the funky homo sapien, down with hieroglyphics, the funk pimp. Come on here for some good shit. Yes, yes, you're rocking with the best. This is the one and only Just Blaze. Right now, you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. This is Open Mike Equal, and you are currently rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, peace and love to this homeboy, C. Man, and you're rocking with the Crate 808 podcast. It's the place to be. So good for you. Hey, what's happening? This is Trevor Nelson, your R&B ambassador, talking all things R&B and hip-hop on the Crate 808 podcast. Hey, yo, yo, check it out. This is the rapper Big Pooh, and I need you, 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 and you to make sure you check out this week's episode of the Crate 808 podcast. Tell everybody the rapper says so. So my number seven then, let's get into our number seven here. Uh, I wonder if this is in the muffles, anyone's five. Easy Moby again, uh, 1994, warning. I've got warning at seven. It was in a five beginning of the week, and it's dropped to seven, but it was in my five. Anyone got warning? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, okay, where are we, where are we putting it? I number one. Whoa! Whoa! Boo -hoo, dance yeah, number, number one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's hear this. Number one for Dan is warning. Okay. Let us know. Uh yeah, I get I mean, I don't want to take over this thing, but yeah. No, no, the first verse. The first verse of warning. And because we were talking about Biggie controlling the lens of of, of the camera, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so he's there's that sequence where he's like you know i was yeah i ran into fame and prospect and like mm. you know i was talking to them um and biggie jumps in and goes no they would never come on and he's like no no no, no. let me finish my <laughs> statement they are they told me about some people who are coming to you organizing that as a writer is so fucking heat right because that's how conversations really are mm. and it gives a misdirect, right? That makes the story more interesting. And then you get to hear Biggie kind of internally fume, right? Like there'll be slow singing and flower bringing and He's just like, you know, he's in, in his head. Like I'm, yeah. I'm coming for you. Uh, so there's emotions. Mm. It's just so vividly rendered, man. Like details that place you. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite story songs in the history of rap music. Mm. 
It's it's the bit where he keeps going, damn, I want to stick me for my paper. Damn. It, damn. it is like an overarching thought in his head whilst yep. his mate Pop from the barbershop is telling him what's happening. And yep. I still, I, I remember when I used to use, slow down, love, please, please chill, drop the caper. Because he says, slow down, love. And it's like such an English thing. Yep. Like, slow down, love, still, just please still drop the caper. And I'm like, yeah, drop the caper. Again, language use there. No one's using, well, not a lot of people yep. are using caper caper like nope. such a weird word to use and he does that all the time and even the other day when Z my lad got me up and i was like who, who is this paging me waking me at 5 46 in the morning crack nope. Dawn nope. And, and he knows that what the cold at you are see who's this page of me and why i do yeah. it it's so musical it's so melodious and it's just right. reinforced in your kind of being it's like a, his music or, or rhyme patterns or flows have become like i don't know what do you call something you you kind of uh a whistle to you know like a, a ditty even like something you whistle mm. it is that his stuff does become that and it's from a really like warning like that's fucking crazy it's a really dark like thing to be listening to but it does come out of that and uh yeah do, what about you uh, john what do you think of warning yeah, I think this is actually a, a great choice to illustrate the points we were talking about before, right? Like imagery, this also like like those dark themes. This is like paranoia, the song, right? Like yeah, hip hop's version of like paranoia and in, in like what it means to be a street guy and like thinking of all those things and and how easily things can like get misconstrued, right? Like that that um segment about fame up in prospect, right? And then him him, like you're saying, kind of cutting that sentence short like no it would not be them and it's like no I don't mean them mm. like they told me this thing right how yeah. easy that conversation could be misconstrued if the phone goes at that point right or yeah. these different things and these are the sort of realities of, of living there I also thought this is um, it's a good example of like Big E being like kind of very true to his word in the sense of I found out and I, I should have got this a lot earlier but fame up in prospect is Lil Fame from MOP yeah yeah right yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so like obviously back back then before like MOP become you know what they go on to do like mm. that's just a name in a song right and it's probably like I was just someone from the neighbourhood and then obviously like you know hearing fame talk about that like yeah we were cool like we were friendly right and like the, their past not really like crossing to the world until like you put those pieces together it's just kind of like yeah, like he, of course, he's connected to people around because that's the life he's living. And these stories come from a place of truth. Mm. And like, you know, most most rappers, it's like street reporting. You know, I think like Nas uses the phrase like it's not necessarily 100 percent accurate at all times, mm. but there's always a grain of truth in every one of these stories. Right. It's maybe a mixture of four or five different stories to make this one narrative. Mm. But I think it's like it's such a cool link that these people that he mentions in these songs are real people outside of, you know, little C's and all the people mm. that we get used to are puffy. Right. It's like other connections around New York that, that are street guys who then go on to be music guys like that to me is just brings a, like a proper earthiness to what he's rapping about that brings it to life. Mm. And I just think it's, it's a, there's a great choice. It's a really great choice to demonstrate that dark side of Biggie's like psyche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, that moment where you think of Big and you think like his effect, even the music video, like his effect as a star, he was a shining star. And it was like that, he had that star quality when he was selling it on the phone. You know, he's selling it in the music video. Nas ain't doing that. Jay-Z ain't doing that. No. You know, maybe no. Pac, Pac is doing that, but Pac lived it right. as well. And right. the way Biggie sells it and everything, the video and the big B pendant and all this shit. And you're like, yeah, this guy, I can see him doing something maybe a bit more, I don't know, act, I'm not saying acting, I don't say it's going to be method, man, but it just, I don't know, there was a bit more untapped talent there, I thought. That, and 
just the way he sings. Like I said, we talked about his melodious nature, but you know, when you say yeah, it, it is such a repeatable line. And there's going to be a lot of slow singing, a flower bringing, if my burger alarm right. starts ringing. And mm. yes, I get the simple rhyming, but the way he drops, he breaks up burglar is brilliant. Like you can't sleep right, on that to right. fit it. You know, and then if you listen to Notorious Thugs, he's doing it the other way where he's doing the triplet flow to yeah. mimic, to do it with bone thugs. And you're like, what the fuck? This guy is, yeah, he, he had so many like range, so much range. Um, and also just out there, I wonder how many people actually ended up feeding gunpowder to their dogs after this. Cause <laughs> feed- what an incredible <laughs> thing to say. I mean, what is like feeding gunpowder to the dogs? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I remember hear, hearing that this week and going, Jay never would have thought of anything like that. Jay's too yeah. nice a guy to think about feeding gunpowder to dogs. Like, bro, he's just not that dude. That pro- yeah. prodigy, maybe I can see him saying yeah. it. Ghost, I can completely hear him and Ray saying it. Something that yeah. outlandish. And it's like he has this weird ability to go. And you, and I know I keep talking about his vocab, but I think it's really rubbed me up the wrong way. What that guy said about his, because I keep thinking I'm really internally fuming about this because he uses the word devour the criminals, not eat the criminals, right. devour the criminals to drop our decibels. Yeah. And then I know it gets simple, but it's that usage where I was like, this guy's brighter than you know. Again, yeah. if he didn't have hip hop, would he just have been on the street? And he, this right. guy he was just known around his way for being really good with language. I don't know, but there must be so many people like this. So you think shit, but he had the uh, ability and avenue to, to fuck. We're going to go into it later, but I never thought hip hop would take it this far. It literally is that. I want to, I want to suggest a framework because the flow, Biggie's flow is one of one. Right. Mm. And when we talk Mm. about the melodious nature, I want to suggest a framework here. Mm. To me, Biggie is a trumpet. Right. Interesting. A, a, tr- a trumpet gives you impact and movement. Right. Uh, it, and I think Biggie's flow is a trumpet. And that's how you want to think about. And, and so the impact is there. And I think people focus on the rhyming words, mm. but really the rest of it is so cool. Mm. Uh, but yeah, his flow that hypnotizes you so much to me, it's, it's like a trumpet. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's um that's really interesting because I, I I use this anecdote all the time but I think it's it's kind of relevant now that uh, Rakim writes his rhymes with like punctuation like music for for like trumpets basically for like horn sections right to make it rhythmic in that way and for me there's like again this is a bit of a high convoluted example but there's a quote by Da Vinci which is like um, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and I think that's like really true right there's loads of rappers who are fucking trash like to listen to what they're doing is unbelievable. Like the mm. complexity is unbelievable. I don't want to listen to it. It's not nice to listen to because mm. it's too complex and it can be too, like too much to listen to and, mm. and it can miss the message. The, the very best rappers blend perfectly, like a little bit of complexity and technique buried underneath what looks very simple. Mm. And like those, I, those kind of like simple bars that kind of sometimes just use the same word at the end of the line, right? Like mm. you, 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 but the actual, like the whole phrases and the whole words and the wordplay within the the line in its totality, that's where the skills at. Making mm. it seem simplistic and easy to listen to the trumpet analogy 
it's perfect because if anyone's ever tried to pick up a fucking trumpet and play it, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah. it sounds the sound produced is 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 relatively easy to digest as a listener. So yeah, I think that's the skill of Biggie. It's like it's easy to be like, oh yeah, but the the ending rhymes are just simple. It's like yeah, but it's so hard to make it mm. simple. Otherwise, yeah. everyone would fucking do it, wouldn't they? Yeah, the Prodigy is really good at that. Prodigy is really yeah. good at that. Yeah, I love that. Um, one thing I'm warning then, because I did try to write a little note on, you know, that was in my uh, top seven. So I was like, right, what uh, aliens, why would they need it? I think you kind of cl- pretty much nailed it here. You said it earlier, where it is that in on Earth, we have wealth and it is success, which is highly coveted. But you have another side to that coin. Guess what the side is? Listen to this. And it literally is, this is the guy yeah. who's, you can listen to my money, my problems if you want the like shiny version of this. But this is the guy in the hot seat right now at 5.46 in the morning, getting that news, going, for fuck's sake, they want to stick me for my paper again. And that, that's that's literally it. This is the paranoia that you said. And I think there's something about when Biggie feels paranoid, you feel it more than most MCs. I think there's something about that. He can really accentuate it in his, in his, in his voice. Um, okay, we're almost at my five when I want to hear everyone else's in the chat. I've got number six. Now, it hurts me to think this is not in my five. This is unbelievable. This has been, I've actually quoted, this is my favourite hit Biggie song of all time at one point. Hypnotise. I've got Hypnotise at number six. Has anybody got Hypnotise in their five? Interesting. Okay. Nope. Thoughts on thoughts on hypnotize generally? Go down. It's grown on me. It, it really has grown on me. I I did not like it when it came out. Um, <laughs> I did not like it. I was a little tired of everybody doing slick rick mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and and I was a little like your own hook. Uh but you know, um but I've, I've very smart people rep for this song. And so I've reanalyzed it and man, there's the bounce to it. That's really interesting, mm. uh, really unique. And it kind of, this song maybe is like where Rick Ross becomes his version of Biggie, you know, yeah. Yeah. he gets his Biggie from, he's like, Oh shit, I can do that. Yeah. With helicopters and boats. And all right, this is good. Um, and so this is, this is a form of Biggie that I respect. It's it's just not it's not the one closest to my heart, I guess. That's know? that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think for yeah. me, it's this it's opulent hip hop. Like so, so again, if aliens want to come down and you want to show it opulent smash hit uh, global hip hop, this is hypnotize. So I think that aspect of it is it's you know at the same time treading the footsteps of rap. Slick Rick, Dougie Fresh, Snoop Dogg doing the interpolation on the hook. So still within the uh, you know the the hip hop sphere, but it's repackaging it again for something much larger than what they had imagined. Even Lardy Dardy by Snoop was never going to be hypnotized. And hypnotizing the clubs, I'll always remember it as a joyful remembrance of Biggie. Now, in the other five I've got in my five, we're going to have the, his introduction to the game, his his commercial bow to the game, maybe. Now, this is him toasting all of that success. And that I always loved. I always loved that he got to do that because he might not have done. And that 
triumphant kind of it's just such a triumphant song anyway but it's dripping with swagger the way he's talking and the power of that song i've seen it when i'm you know in a club and it comes on mm -hmm. yes there's a lot of tracks that do that but there's something about that pounding when it comes in um yeah i just thought fuck what i'm here with my mates we're loving it on that aspect and yet when i'm in the car i'm also like i'm so glad i got to hear you relishing your own success mate biggie you know right. i could not right. have had that and i think that is and i think obviously as myths and things kind of get built in your memory but i remember his funeral and i remember when they were driving through on mtv and they were yeah. playing hypnotize and it was like a fucking little riot started. And people are hanging off fucking lampposts and shit. And I don't know if it's that kind of moment that stuck with me as well with this song. But I think I said it earlier about globalness, the globalness of this song. He wasn't – New York had him for years, but now the world yeah. gets to have him. And now it's like the world can enjoy him. And that that aspect of this song always got me. And you talk about fucking language, pop, pop twist cabbage off instinct, squeeze at your cherry M3, all this mm. shit. Like – I'll do what with cabbage? What? And that that, yeah. that is such a weird thing for a kid to hear. You know, when we're repping Woo right now, when we would say shit, we're like, what does that mean? That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> He's also doing it. He's also influenced by Woo because even though he's, uh, even my man said it, uh, casuals everything around me, he even says it in, uh, you know, his yeah. songs. He has that Woo influence and Jeru the Damager as well. Like they are mates at that time and just the brag rap of, uh, fucking what's he say again about uh, the peace line where he's like so i speak my peace keep my peace excuse me the jesus peace with my peeps again you're just switching it slightly and making it so swag uh, and interpolation yeah. again interpolation again where it's so well done where it's like a racket by a new one make your crew run 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 your crew run run that is so satisfying it's such a satisfying thing as a listener so um hypnotized to me was up there. Uh, uh, John, sorry, I seem to have taken over. Is that, is that, uh, what did you want to say about it? What did you want to say about Hypnotize, man? No, it's good. I, li I like the passion for Hypnotize. I am um, <laughs> similar to Dan a little bit. I, I had a bit of like listener fatigue to this track. And that, and in a way, right, that's, that's kind of a compliment because it's one of those tracks that, again, it still gets played now. If you go to any hip hop night, like modern, old school, whatever, it will get played in like kind of the height of the night because it still has just like a, yeah, I think you said triumphant kind of vibe to it and it's still that party celebration and it's kind of stood the test of time in in the sense of it's seen in a lot of ways as that yeah pinnacle in terms of the commercial side of Biggie that most people know. It's again, there's another track, you play it in any club, everyone knows it's Biggie, right? Yeah. People who know literally no other Biggie song, they know that that's him. Um, and so it is like the gateway for a lot of people that mm. would maybe not yeah. otherwise know. If you just said, oh, hypnotize, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Mm. And so for me, that's it's a little bit like, um, you know, sometimes when other people like stuff, it makes me not want to like it, right? It's the contrarian mm. side of me. It's a little bit like <laughs> yeah, that with yeah. Hypnotize, right? It's a little yeah. bit like, oh, everyone fucking likes Hypnotize. Like, you're not really a fan because you love Hypnotize. But again, that's because it's a fucking great record and it's got so many good moments to it. Um, yeah, like for me, there's like a couple of bits in there that I always just thought were really cool. Like that that line, just really satisfying, that never lose, never choose to, Bruce Cruz who, mm. like just the Ooh. flow is just so like neat and tidy in those little pockets. Yeah. And there's loads of little bits like that on this on this record. So yeah, it's it's a it's a very very big hit mm. from Big that people love and is cherished by by them. And so that's why I think it's like deserves to be high up on the lists, just mm. not on mine. <laughs> I love that. And, and if you study if you study the rhyme patterns on Hypnotize mm. and you hold it against 
somebody like MF Doom, you can you can really see the connectivity there mm. uh, between like these were just people who were always working on dazzling you with new kind of patterns of words. It wasn't always about the words and how they rhyme themselves. It was a lot of it was about the patterns of mm. these different words. Mm. Uh, and man, Biggie was on a special level with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's up? This is Black Thought, and you are now rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. This is Stretch Armstrong. Ooh-wee! My name is Bobito Garcia, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. You're now listening to Crate 808. Hey, yo, what up, y'all? This is Prince Paul, and you're rocking with Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, it's EV Evidence, Dilated Peoples. You're rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast, my favorite shit. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Master Ace from Brooklyn, New York. And you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. Real hip hop. Uh, so we're going to go into fives. People in the chat, drop your fives. I would like to see everyone's fives now. I'm guessing we have a bit of crossover here then if we've already whittled them other ones down. So there'll be a bit of crossover here. Uh, Ninja Rose, the Stanley Kubrick reference was a huge win, John. Fair play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Victory was his last verse. I still haven't heard anyone rap better than that, says Ninja's Rose. Uh, interesting. Victory. That wasn't even in my yeah. 11. All right. I do like Victory, though. I do like Victory. Um, right. Yeah. So my number five is Who Shot You? Who Shot You? Yes. Right. Anyone else's fives? My number two. Ooh. Yeah, my number two as well. Same. My number two. Lads, it's my five, so I'll give the floor to you. Uh, uh, John, go on. Tell me, tell me why is it your number two? So, I mean, there's a ton of reasons. This actually goes into um, what Dan was saying earlier around. This to me is like the track that, again, I visualize like it's down a long, dark tunnel in Brooklyn. It's fucking cold. It's raining. And I'm visualizing this whole like conversation. It's a very like dark part of his mind. Also, just like aside from what, what ultimately happens with the, the kind of um, two-pack situation and how that, ho- that whole thing plays out. And that's kind of the, the perceived slight on you know from big that kind of leads to a lot of trouble i think also just it's just quite a fucking menacing title and quite a like quite a savage like way to like it's just a quite an unusual title like the the song doesn't answer the question like who shot you and it's like just really quite random also i love the way that um the track um opens like when it's like you're just it's almost like a drop right there's this like yeah. constant like jm motherfuckers right for ages yeah. and you're like and, and then once you once you heard that song enough times and you know when the like uh comes you know when it's about to drop right and it's like yeah. oh shut ya. separate the weak from, from the, the absolutely hard to creep in brooklyn streets it's, it's on, on. Right, that, <laughs> yeah. but that whole that whole section is just fucking incredible and again like talking about language before that um i can hear what is it your heartbeat I can um, hear the sweat trickling down your cheek. Down cheek. I can hear yeah. the sweat, bro. Woo. Yeah. And it's like the heartbeat, like Sasquatch feet or whatever the lyric is. I can hear your sweat trickling down your cheek. Your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch feet. Watch feet. Thundering. Thundering. Concrete. That is, <laughs> that is fucking bars. That like, is the, bars. Again, image, imagery, right? Like mm. imagery, like the sweats literally put like perforate so loud you can hear it yeah his heart beating out of his chest <laughs> and then it's shaking the concrete right like yeah that is fucking amazing and yeah. like there's just there's so much to this track in terms of that kind of like wordplay and stuff that 
that you feel. And yeah, I just, I just feel like, again, if I was going back to my original criteria around landmark moments in Biggie's life and his career, mm. this was a huge moment that, that like completely changed his trajectory in terms of what ultimately happened to him. Mm. And it, it stands for a lot, good or bad, right? It kind of did something in, in the world that changed what happened between um, him and Puck. So I feel like this, this record has probably like negative connotations, but I feel like it's important to like flag the good and the bad of why these records mean something. And mm. like it or not, when people hear this, they think about the beef. And I think that that's like yeah. an important thing that you should, yeah. we should consider in these top fives, which is why it was like, yeah, number two on my list. Mm. And learn them lessons as well. It is that thing where you think, I don't know, he doesn't say any names, but he sparks a war with it. That's it. Aliens, here you go. This is how you spark a war without saying any names. <laughs> this is literally what you do. And I know Puffy said, and he's maintained it, that it is, it was recorded months before Pat was shot. Yeah. And uh, But then they did keep it spinning in Biggie sets well into the you know uh, yeah. controversy and so when the, even when it was controversial they kept pushing it and um i don't know i think there's there's that element to it but i'll always get it as a fan who didn't really have the beef thing in my head when i first heard it i don't know it just was i know it was but it was more what really always hits me about this song and why it's in my five is because that use of language um, that you've already talked about and breaking up the words are obsolete, it's on and all that shit. Um, the intensity I felt of that as a kid, it's um, using the word Sasquatch, stuff like that. He can hear yeah. the sweat. You know when there's certain moments in your life as a kid when you've grown up and you remember you're just kind of um, mindset changing. Someone says something or something happens in life where you're like, I never thought of it that way. I remember the first time someone, that anecdote, everyone says, you know, don't work to live, live to work. Or, no, don't live to work, work to live. Like, that thing. I remember someone saying that to me when I was really young and I was like, yeah, you're fucking right, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's just kind of something that hits you and stays with you all the time. It's when he says, I know you're that scared. I can hear the sweat, mate. That's, and that, that is always hit me in that level where I'm like, you don't have to, like you said, you've already perfectly put it down where it is the simplicity to something, but the way he changes it and the extremely odd, but precise threat that he'll make your skin chafe. Like that, that, that is such a weirdly odd, like what are you going to make my skin chafe? Like, okay, that's, what does that mean? Like, cause I, I know nipple chafes when I'm running, when I was doing cross country, they were, they were real. That, that pain was real. Like <laughs> That was a real pain. Yeah. But then he starts like, then, then he gives that insight of like how I'll burn slow with blunts with yayo. And you're like, oh shit, so a blunt with yayo in it burns slower. A little thing like that, like he's probably just been smoking a blunt with yayo in it and been like, oh shit, yeah, that does burn slower. And um, yeah, to equate, what is it? The, I always fucking love this line. Bumps and bruises, blunts and land cruises. Land cruises. You have equated violence, injury, drugs, and wealth in like seven words. Like, and, yeah. you, and you made Amazing. it sound sick. Where you're like, what, bumps and bruises, blunts and land, um, and land cruises. It's just fucking incredible. And I think there is yeah. those moments in there alongside all that other huge, heavy stuff that you've mentioned, John. Uh, uh, Dan, it's in your, it's your number two as well. Break it down. Break your love down. So I have a weird relationship to this song. In high school, I was hardcore West Coast, hardcore Death Row Records. Mm. Uh, I, my family are from the Bay Area uh, originally, mm -hmm. so I kind of resented that I was in Maine, and I was uh, so I was all Death Row all the time. So mm. I remember, I remember when my first reaction was, "How fucking dare you!" 
<laughs> How yeah. fucking dare you do that to Tupac, right? I was like in on this whole thing. And oh, I have like PTSD from this. Like it's like I'll be sitting there doing my activities as a father and be like electrical tape around your daughter. <laughs> like it's just it's a song that is with me like a scary ghost. <laughs> Can I just jump in quickly? Because um, yeah, Dan no, just touched, touched on something that you mentioned earlier about in, interpolations. Mm. There's another one in this track, which just after that line that you mentioned around slaughter, electrical tape around your door, old school, oh, new school, school need to learn now. Burn, burn, baby, burn, burn like disco with Burno. I loves an interpolation. So do we. Dan, Dan, you broke up there, mate. Again, just break, break that down uh, again. You were saying? So when you're doing a diss track, you have to you have to scale up your grievances, right? Like mm. the story about Idan is a good example of this, right? You have to you have to make it on a larger, grander scale uh, to be successful. Mm. And so, this song is one of the best. And maybe No Vaseline is kind of in that like space where he like, you know what? I'm taking on the whole world, and you better root for the whole world because I'm I'm. I'm a threat. Mm, mm. Um, and it, it was, you get that from the, the, the shaking concrete. You get that from, you know, yeah. Like, is this the shoot the daughter in the calf muscle song? Is this the, no, I don't think this one is the one, uh, which one is that? That's on. Well, that's Brooklyn's one. finest. Yeah. Brooklyn's finest. Yeah. 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 Uh, Throw some cocaine on the floor, make it drug related. That's <laughs> yeah, <it's> Brooklyn's fine. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Oh God. But it could easily be, it could easily be. Yeah, this song. Right. yeah. So I, I like the fact that who shot you is, is, is getting the love and it is all in our fives. There we go. That's the first bit of crossover. The, the guys, in the, I'm not going to list out the ones they've got, but uh, Ninja Rose has got who shot you at uh, number one. And, and I'd like to know, Ninja um, Rose, if you could drop down why that's your number one before uh, nobody, uh, you're nobody till somebody kills you, which is his number two. Uh, and uh, number warning five. Yeah, we were kind of getting with them. Jack P, give me the loot is number one that we heard. And then uh, uh, kick. No, yeah. So he has, he has actually got this one in this five. We're going to go into this in a minute. My number four then. Now, full disclosure, this was number one uh, when I was a kid. Uh, it was my calling card Biggie song. If no one had heard, and you know, you said earlier about mm, this is mine. You know, this is a this is my song. This isn't your song. You know that kind of thing. Everyone had Juicy. Yeah. Everyone had fucking you know other shit. Uh, Machine Gun Funk. There's another one. A lot of people love Machine Gun Funk and big up to Machine Gun yeah. Funk. I think it's Ray Ray Ridge's favorite Biggie song. And yeah, fair play. But I always had, and we've not talked about this yet. But when Primo and Biggie got together. It was oh, it was so special. It was so special, and it started for me with unbelievable. Now, unbelievable is my number nice. f- four. I think I've got it on right, and that was number one. Then it's number two, and it's only number four now after with time. But it could easily be number one another day. Unbelievable is it anyone else's number? Is it anyone else's fives? It's not in, oh. but it's a great shout. Okay, love that track. Right, primo. And I know people like the R. Kelly. Some people don't like the R. Kelly beat. Some people don't like that. But then Long Kiss Goodnight, I, I, I understand why that's such a brilliant song. But that... It doesn't 
it doesn't age well for me. It sounds yeah. a bit like someone's on a Casio keyboard. Going, eh, 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 eh. But his rhyming's so good, it kind of gets you going. And big up, and I'm and I'm sorry, I'm trying to do this to this song. But Robert Keel, big up Robert Keel from uh, the Next Movement podcast. Uh, he he was on Twitter and he said uh, he he put that in his five, and he said to me, um, it, it just another great. You know what? See if you can fuck with this. He said, one of the best, I'm of the opinion that my downfall, Long Kiss Goodnight, and You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You, is one of the best three song runs in history. So people, create808 at gmail.com, hit us on socials, hit us on the chat here. Best three song runs in rap history. I kind of think my downfall, Long Kiss Goodnight, and I can see, and the way it ends such a kind of patchy album in a weird way double album there are some patchy moments in it yeah but yeah, then, it's a weird album but that three to finish makes you go nah this is a classic no because they're all of the same ilk and yeah there you got that rizzo beat that's a rizzo beat isn't it my long, long kiss good night i think yeah it is i think um yeah. but yeah sorry so i was gonna say that big up rob i know i shut that so i have unbelievable unbelievable is in there and i can't think this is where it might fall i can't think of a real argument any other song does for an alien so not really in the alien sphere i would love it to be but it would be biased it wouldn't be for a, a solid reasoning i have got it at number four because this for me is his true announcement of a talent compared to his other songs I live live from Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest one. This is literally as he comes out, this is Biggie stepping out onto the main stage and saying, I'm here, you lot step back and listen to these next three minutes and bow down. Because what I'm saying here is I am a rapper first and then an entertainer. And then you can hypnotize, you hear sky's the limit, and you kind of hear those other things coming to the foreground a bit more. This as an artist is him going, nah, 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 don't get it twisted. I throw fucking darts. I am a fucking lethal machine on this mic. And you've got your Nazis. You've got your fucking, at that point, you've got fucking Cool G Rap. You've got fucking uh, Woo would come out. There are right. lyrical swordsmen chopping off heads everywhere. But I do think if you listen to Unbelievable, there aren't many people who can fuck with the way he rhymes on this. And uh, big up Kwame for getting catching a massive stray. And I feel so bad for Kwame. And the fucking polka dots, where he's caught, he wasn't asking for this. He's caught astray because this guy is just spraying, and it's like fuck Kwame and there's fucking polka dots. Yeah, hold on, what? Imagine him listening to this and being like, oh shit, it's got caught astray there. Um, but it also set the formula for someone like Jay Z. I feel Jay Z when he would get Primo on his albums and be like. Okay, uh, you know, I, I want people to know I'm about that fly ass shit. I'm also about drug dealing, but I want them to know my commercial ambitions and my street level of uh, maybe respect for the craft. Not even that, just respect. I want respect on the street for being this fucking good. Uh, he connected the commercial aspect and that together throughout an album. Jay Z did exactly the same thing, and Nas went on to do it as well. And um, I think that <laughs> we talked about Kwame, but the ingenuity right? The ingenuity of his flow. And we've talked about his flow for, for ages on this already, but uh, they know Bigby handling with the Mac in the act door paneling. That, um, yeah. what the fuck? So the Mac is in the act. I don't know what an act door was, but just like, I didn't know what fucking Raycon was talking about when he talked about UFOs or fucking, what's a UFO? What are you talking about UFOs for? And like, they're basically like, uh, bandaging MCs, oxygen, they can't breathe, mad tricks up the sleeve. I wear boxes so my dick can breathe. <laughs> As a teenager. Right. You're like, I'm never wearing underpants 
ever again because this guy wears boxes and now I want to. That's literally what it would do as a 13-year-old. You're like, what the fuck? And um, yeah, maybe it's a, it's that, mo- you know, that swagger he has, the ability to make something sound ridiculous. And even in this, he, he makes it sound ridiculous. You would even question him. That comes through. That's a different level of emceeing to me, where your character is almost in the way you're putting it down on wax, where he says, um, uh, what's he say? Lesson A, don't fuck with BI. Oh, that I thought he was whack. Oh, come, come now. Why are you so dumb now? And then you're like, what? Yeah, that is a brilliant line. And then I just fucking, I've got three, 357 ways to simmer saute. I'm the saute. Wi- what the fuck? We win it all day. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. And, th- and then you get older, you start smoking weed and you're like, yeah, my car weed scented. My car weed scented. That little little moment becomes a little thing that you have a badge of honor. Like, yeah, my car weed scented. And yeah, I don't know. There's something about that unbelievable song that I just fucking love, as you can probably tell. Uh, lads, was there anything on Unbelievable or the stuff I've talked about that you wanted to bring bring to the fore before we move into my rest of my five? I don't want the alien to hear Unbelievable unless it is connected directly to suicidal thoughts. Mm. I want the alien to experience how uplifting and unbelievable and charged up uh, that unbelievable is. And then I want them to have to experience suicidal thoughts right after. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't remember it is not track listing, but they do get in the same album. That's big. That's big. Right. Mm. You know, biggie is those two songs. No, if you look at the track listing, unbelievable goes right into suicidal thoughts. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's really bad. What's, what's, like, what's before it's, it's unbelievable? Crazy. What's um, what's before it in the track listing? Friend of mine. Friend of mine. Oh, see if it was if it was like the what or something. I don't mind friend of mine, but yeah, that could have been a really good three three song run. I'm enjoying that. Um, right. Okay. So because we've got a few of the characters going, I'm going to rattle these. So five. Who shot you? Four. Unbelievable. Three. Juicy. Baby, baby, let's Juicy. go. Juicy, <laughs> Juicy's Ooh. three. Is is it in anybody else's? Juicy is my number one. Juicy is your number one. Dan, Juicy in your five? No, no. no. John, just me and you, mate. <laughs> what, what, no, but seriously, why is it one? Why is it number one for you? So I, I'll tell you why. I can remember this moment really clearly. Do you remember when um, Puff had that show? I, I think it was like, not making the band, but it was basically they were looking for like new rappers or new rapper. Mm. And basically he was like in, there was like at this point in the show, there was like 10 contestants left and he was like, right, um, everyone just do juicy. And they just looked at him like he was talking another language. He's like, what do you mean? And they were just kind of looking at him blankly. He's like, do the verses, all the verses to juicy right now. And they didn't, they couldn't do it. They didn't know it. Right. And he was so furious to the point where he was like, this whole show is pointless. Juicy is like, I don't know, you're like um, any sort of kind of entry-level position in a company, right? And you don't know your own website or you don't know the phone number to your own house. He's like, if you're in any way interested in hip-hop, you need to know the verses to Juicy. Mm. And actually, I think that's kind of true, right? It's not necessarily the best song. It's not got the best bars. It's not necessarily like the most important record or whatever. Everyone knows the words to Juicy. Everyone. Mm. And it's the sort of track that I just think is like, it's the most, um, you know, if you've seen the movie or like seen anything about Big, it was that track that gave him the platform to do all the other stuff that that, that real hip hop heads want to listen to, right? Mm. And 
that's partially down to to path seeing that you can't have one without the other and if you want you know to build a platform you need to have those hits but he still delivers those things we love about big on that record right it's still storytelling it's still mm. talking about his life and growing up in his in his house and you know remember when christmas missed us like all this mm. like imagery again and like building these like stories and for me it's just it's a cliche, right, to say Juicy is your favorite big song. But mm. cliches exist for a reason. They're, they're, they're founded in some truth. They're founded in um, some established like thoughts and ideas and myths. And essentially, Juicy is just one of those records. When I think of hip-hop, when I think of Biggie, mm. when I think of New York, I think of Juicy. Like, mm. it's, just, it's just part of it. And for better or worse, it, it is one of those tracks that I think will always be associated to big and will always be associated to, to New York and to hip hop. So mm. for that reason, like it's not my personal favorite, but I think it, on the criteria that I gave right at the top of the show, mm. it has to be number one for, for based on that criteria for, for me personally. Yeah. I, th I think there is a moment when you have to put things to the side of just like, it's an easy answer. We talked about this earlier. Juicy yeah. is, it is, it is an easy, but there's a kind of a reason for it. And I think we talked about his like, uh, it's toasting of his own success. This is his cleaned up introduction to the world where yes, street hustlers are getting it, but now white suburban kids are getting it. And we're both enjoying this same talent alike. And that's when you start really seeing how powerful his star was really, if you know what I mean. And I'm like that, th that thing for me with Juicy is if you're talking about aliens, man, you can, this is probably, this is one of my arguments for the song, the Biggie song to play to aliens, because yeah. it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. I think that my, easily one of the most uh, like requested songs at hip hop karaoke. It's like got probably the most famous opening verse, I would say in hip hop yeah. definitely has an argument for that. Um, and I think if you even dip, Slight, it's, again, it's not um, too complicated for you to understand the enormity of what he's saying. Like, he went from a negative to a positive and it's all good. That thing, a landmark record that traverses the history of rap, and not just rap, like he talks about Word, Word Up magazine, he talks about what is this to on the radio. Yeah. He's got that, yes, so he's paying homage. Not even paying homage, he's just talking about his life. This is what they've grown up with. And also, the society hip-hop is born in. and defines the American dream. This is the American dream. And this world we live in of multitudes, this is a genius portrayal of that, of, of America, if you know what I mean. And um, obviously that's instrumental to hip hop. And you think that in a way is kind of the signifying song of hip hop history, maybe, because this, yeah. is, this is where these people are from. This is how hard, this is how much they've had to put up with. And this is where they've got to. And then, then you, Look at the line, I never thought the hip-hop would take it this far. That, to me, to this day, I still think to myself when I hear any rich spectrum of hip-hop that, you know, I find, I always think, fuck, I never thought hip And I didn't. As a 13, 14-year-old, I was shat on for listening to hip-hop. So it really hits home when you think, shit, man, I did not think we'd get, you know, someone like Travis Scott doing a roller coaster in a London show, all the way down to someone like Billy Wood's making me think so differently about how to rhyme in car and rock Marciano and all these people where you're like, shit, I just, and that he just kind of encapsulated it in that 
in those rhymes. And I know rock has the Beatles, Pink Floyd. We have this. This is ours. This is this is what we have. Yeah. This is a signifier of the. I think it's even Jay Z, wasn't it? Jay Z in his book. What did he say? I've got it written down here. Actually, he said it's fucking brilliant. He said uh, he loved the ad lib uh, for arrested for fi- trying to feed my daughter at the beginning. You know, he's like you know those people who call yeah. on me. And he said this is what Jay Z put it. This is brilliant. I love that he described what a world of what a lot of hustlers were going through in the streets, distant, feared by teachers and parents and neighbors and cops, broke, working in a corner trying to get some bread for basic shit. As more of the as more than some glamorous alternative to having a real job, he elevated the struggle, and that's yeah, he did. And I know other people did as well, absolutely. But there was something about the way he did it with that juicy like sample, and he didn't even yeah. like the sample, and he still fucking killed yeah. it. Yeah, and oh, obscure references. This is why I love MF Doom. This is why I fucking love MF Doom because he makes such weird references. He was doing that. He was doing the same thing. Rapping Duke, Daha Daha. Who the fuck is Rapping Duke? I don't know who that is. And then you look it up, it's like, oh, well, that's some John Wayne shit. Like, this is what? This is what American kids were watching when they were growing up. And um, yeah. And just as a aside, I can't mention Juicy on this without reiterating my wife uh, has always made this a fam, a Thandy family classic, Juicy is. Um, Big up Mons, by the way. He used to play this all the time. He's, he, he's one of the reps in the family who would play this all the time. And I remember him when I was in a car with my wife and I was like, I, I love this woman. You know, we love uh, R&B together. We love hip hop. We love Biggie. And we're driving together really loud. M1, you know, fucking music's so loud. And uh, we're both singing to Juicy for the first time. And it was, um, birthdays was the worst days. And I went with, right. and now we sip champagne when we Thursday. And she went, now we sip champagne every Thursday. Every Thursday. What? <laughs> Hold on a minute. So I had to just always take it. I don't know. We've got to stop off here. Two seconds. And I was in That's tears. Awesome. And to this day, I was, she was doing the washing this morning. And I said, it's Thursday. I don't know if you... I don't know if you wanted to have that champagne now or later, but yeah. So either way, no, there is a, there is a, a personal stake in the song as well. Uh, Dan, juicy for you. Any reason it wasn't in your five out of, so, out of interest? It's, it's purely emotional, right? It's, it's, there's mm. nothing wrong with this song. I, there's two songs that every drunk new England person can yell every word to in a bar. Mm -hmm. And one of them is ice ice baby. (laughs) And the other is juicy. Right. Right. Uh, And so just drunk blonde new Englanders screaming the song and be over and over again. I have damage from that, but (laughs) what you're saying makes sense to look at it critically. I think the way we would look at it is that Biggie slowly and patiently explained the inner and outer life of a rapper to the world, Mm. right? Like the patiently, like taking you through, I'm a little kid. I'm reading this magazine. I'm Mm. listening to this radio show. And now I grow up, I'm here and I get to provide for these people who, you know, might've been dead without this access that I have. Mm. Like this journey has been incredible and my life is different. And so Rap music made America less racist. Um, mm. It did because they were able to build a connection with the inner lives of of people from neighborhoods that they would never know. Mm. Right. So that's this song changed racial relations in America. Jeez, when you put it that way, 
I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it is. It, and I know there's quite a few songs that broke and went big and, you know, in, in the mainstream and stuff like that. I just don't know many that have got this much kind of history and, and not in a, do you know, you can have someone really bitter about it. He's not. This song's really celebratory. Yeah. It's a really yeah. celebratory yeah. song. And I'm not saying, oh yeah, it waters it down. No, it doesn't. It in fact makes it harder. It makes it harder to think about the sardines for dinner yeah. and Christmas missing you and stuff like that. You know, you're like, fuck man, yeah, it's fucking crazy. So yeah, uh, there's just a lot of character in it as well. So yeah, yeah I like yeah. the fact that uh, Juicy has got the love that we want to give it. Because I'll tell you this, if Raymond Ridge was on it, wouldn't he? Because he fucking hates that song. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm damaged <laughs> from it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Just uh, just quickly as well, like one other thing in its defense and one other sort of reason why um, I think it's a really important record, um, aside from all the mention, all the reasons mentioned, is that there's so many um, other like uses from other rappers for one-off lines or phrases from this, even just the first verse, right? Like mm. it was all a dream mm. you, is used in a million, in mm. million hip hop records. Born Sinner is a J. Cole album. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm blowing up like you thought I would gets used a million times. Mm. Spread love is the Brooklyn way. Yeah. Like these phrases Ooh. in this one song that permeate like hip hop in its entirety, especially mm. for again, New York, East Coast. Mm. That to me is just like, how many rappers get that many kind of honorary mentions mm. in one song, like Mate, one verse? But it's th incredible. Think of it this way. This is the genesis of a culture at this point, right? And it has been in the 80s, and now it's hitting the commercial aspect. And all, like I said, Steel Sharpen Steel. He has come with forefathers at like Rakim, Kane, G-Rap. All these people have kind of birthed this new artist. Mate, when the people say, oh, Beatles are overrated, Beatles are overrated. Well, no, they're not. Because literally you listen to their songs and the guitar riff of, I don't know, fucking a bird, that song, or, or a day tripper birthed garage yeah. rock. Or like that song birthed this and that song. But it's same with Biggie. Listen to the way he rhymes. I don't know. Well, they've just taken yeah. that bit. They've just taken, it is, that's our version of it. It is the roadmap, you know, that people have drawn yeah. from. So um, Juicy, for being as, as famous as it is, I just think it needs to be put up there. So I'm glad that we got to talk about that one. Uh, now, before we go into my top two uh let's have a quick look at what other people are saying here uh free me what you got here dan this is a bit of a i hope machine gun kelly is named after machine gun funk me too me too that'll make me like him a little bit more than i already do which is not a lot yep. <laughs> so i don't know much about him i don't know much about him but you know i don't really know much about him so uh who shot you by number one says ninja rose uh I, it's kind of uh what you already touched on fair play the flow delivery use of language obsolete as we talked about hard to create the imagery the beat menacing undertones Darkness exemplified. Absolutely. That, that's how you create a menacing atmosphere. We, we, were, we were geniuses at that. And Havoc was yeah, really good at that as well. But um, something about that song. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jack P, such a funky beat on Unbelievable. Unbelievable was the last track recorded for Ready to Die. Apparently Primo did it for cheap because Biggie was broke. Mm, nice bit of trivia there. Okay. Pff, what beat? Uh, oh, Steve Piper, <laughs> Unbelievable is my number one because the bounce of that Primo beat. Biggie swaggers across it, stop, start of the hook, lends itself to cutting out Primo producing tracks into it. Yeah, yeah, just so, so sick. Absolutely. So, top two. Uh, I think everyone's going to have this in their five. Uh, I, I don't know how many we've got left in your fives, lads. How many holes we've got left in your fives here? One. For One me. for John. One left. Uh, got two. Two. Ooh, this will be interesting. So, by number two, kick in the door. Again, bingo! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bingo. 
I mean, come on, it's Primo, it's, it's Biggie, it's kicking the door. Uh, but no, where is it in your five, uh, John? So this was number three number on three. my list. So it's like in that in that middle order. Yep. Um, and th- this is like, I guess this is the perfect inflection point of those, you know, these different parts of Biggie. To me, this is just, I'm a really, really good rapper and I'm about to show you. It's just bars. It's just bars. There's not really much of like a concept here. It's just like very loose, primo beat, little hook. Thanks very much. But I'm just going to spit you some fucking serious bars and you're just going to see that this is a... This is a rapper who did an amazing first album who's now like evolving into something else. But don't forget, I'm just a really fucking good rapper. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, even like there's so many bits to it, like even the the mad rapper um, oh. like intro, you know, like that whole bit is like sets up what you're about to hear. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, they're really that shit. They're really that shit. That's all right. 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 That whole thing is just setting up, which is like exactly yeah. that whole point that we've all been triggered by tonight of. His stuff's all right. Like, I don't know why everyone loves him. It's quite simple. It's fine. Like, my yeah. stuff's better. It's like, but it's not better. You're missing the point. And then he goes right. on to demonstrate that with like, just pure percussive, sick fucking bars. Yeah. It's just, it's just brilliant. And like the first, um, you know, the way that it opens, <sighs> like you're rain on the top short, like leprechauns, like just such a simple yeah. punchline joke. Yeah. As, as I crush so-called Willie Stugs and rapper Dons Dance. getting that ass quick, fast, like Ramadan, like, just Ramadan. What? Ramadan. <laughs> it's like it's just just genius. Like I get in it quick, fast, as in pace-wise, mm. fast and Ramadan. Like the the that that went over my head the first like few times I listened to it, and then yeah, I was yeah. like, fucking hell! This there's layers to this, and it just goes on and on and on through the track. Just really clever mm. wordplay, and it's just it's just bars. Love it. Love that. I love that. I love your passion for it as well. This is the thing where a skit becomes the song and works. Although nowadays I do skip it. I don't sometimes because it has the character of that sketch show and that Martin Lawrence sketch. I can't talk. I can't talk about my life as I see it. It's that Martin Lawrence. And And then that hollow bell is still so effective. Primo, you fucking filthy man. You genius. You filthy, filthy man. Uh, Dad, I want to talk about this obviously, but Dan, is it in your five? Is, Is kicking the door in your five? It is. It did not make the five, Ooh. but I can vouch for this song. I, uh, I was at my wife's organizational party, right, mm-hmm. for her work, and I was. This was a few years ago, and I was drunkenly explaining the story of this song to mm. to to the husband of someone that my wife works with. Uh, it, it, this is an exciting song uh, mm. because. It this song gives Jay the template of how he responds. Yeah. This is this is an incredible, it's an incredible performance. It is not just a slapdash of like shadow battling. Mm. He is specifically talking about Nas. He is specifically mm. talking about the Queen's people. Right. He is specifically Ghost. talking about Jay Rue the Damager, right? Mm. He 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 had a bunch of people that he was unhappy with. He put them all in one place and he was like everybody's going down. Mm. And like when he says, son, I don't even know why you run with them. Run with them. They got coming. He's looking at Primo. That's the story of this song. Yeah. That he was staring at Primo and he was saying, son, I don't even want to know you run with it because J. Rue did one day Mm. and it did the whole taking down, you know, bad boy records thing. Mm. And uh, the energy of that, of just like, 
staring down the person who made the beat and being like, <laughs> your friends are full of jizz. <laughs> huh? And it's Primo. It's not someone who's nobody at this point. This is fucking DJ Premier. Yeah, yeah. And that, that as well shows his cocksureness. He's just fucking full of it. It's like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And there is, again, if aliens, you've got hit him up. Absolutely, one of the best. No Vaseline, absolutely. We talked about like all these other diss tracks. But kicking the door might be the it is the epitome of diss tracks, subliminals as well. Like he's not saying names, so with the names you get a different type of effect. Hit him up gives you a visceral, like in your face shock. This isn't. This is more of a true mastery of put downs, critical like diamond tip precision when you're chopping off a head. Like he's like really knows what to do with and like. This is kind of how a beef ends, because I don't remember, obviously he passed at this point. So this is how you end a beef. And if you want to know what's beef, go check what's beef. This guy's already done that as well. He's also done a track right. called What's Beef. And that's how right. good he was. He was like, if you don't know, by the way, this is what beef is. And yeah, what the fuck? And this is how good he was, I suppose. But I think the throwing bleach in the eye shit, I think um, the hilarity of claiming mad rappers, already a funny sketch. You know, who the fuck is you? Who the fuck is you to be asking me any questions? That is funny. Yeah. It's a funny stand-up bit. Put that with Martin Lawrence, bang. And then have, they studied Ready to Die, stole my flow. You cursed it, but rehearsed it. And yet you still didn't recoup on your album. That's a hilarious <laughs> little jab to me. It's like, what? What are you saying? And that fucking sample, is it Screaming Jay Hawkins? That fucking sample is sick. And um, I remember specifically when this song changed clubbing for me. Because we thought clubbing was great. And then my mate went to a Tuesday night in London. Next day, we'd gone out somewhere else. Got up the next morning. It was like he was with some Irish girl that he'd met. And he was like, she was great. Yeah, she was really good. We took us to this club. Ridiculous. They play Kick in the Door. We all stopped. I was like, no, they didn't fucking play Kick in the Door. He went, yeah, they play Kick in the Door, mate. Everywhere we went did not play Kick in the Door. They played Hypnotize. They played Juicy. Right, they played right. One More Chance Remix. And he's like, no, 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 no. He played Kick in the Door, mate. And we were like, well, we're going there. And we went there the next time we went. And um, I remember that of like hearing, what's it he throws speech in the eye now? He's brailing it. That's another yeah. fucking little twist where you're like, what? And like, Everyone, everyone loves a shootout line. Everyone does. But just take to se take a second to think about the setup line to his shootout line. And that's the dashes of colour to his personality of Frank White, fuck, uh, you know, fuck Papa, call me Francis Image, all that. And he brilliantly refers to him as Francis in this, which is great. He call, call me Francis M.H. White. And you're like, yeah, brilliant. Right. But intake light totes, tote iron. Whole that's the setup line to whole was told in shoot shootouts to stay low and keep firing. Everyone loves that line. Good line. But the intake light totes. Don't 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 toke really hard, mate, before a shootout. Intake a light one, a tote iron, and you're like, this guy, yeah, then he keeps extra clip for extra shit. Um I yeah, um yeah. just 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 on like lines that stand out, I always like the line that um if the beef between us we can settle it with the chrome and metal shit and make it hot like a kettle get, you're delicate. You better get who sent you. 
right? Which is an interpolation of his own fucking line, which is about beef between us and how you can settle it. That is fucking next level 4D chess shit. Right, it's right, unbelievable. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The yeah. cheek of that line is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, who said yeah. Love it? Yeah, fucking love that. I think as well, one of, I think if you're looking at ways to explain to maybe even someone who doesn't, who isn't there intricately looking at how flow works, I think this is one of the most subtle but effective yeah. switches of a flow ever put to wax. And it's such satisfaction afterwards. There's not much better you can get, which is like, uh, uh, you should know my Stilo went from 10 G's for blow to 30 G's of Joe to all G's with hose I've never seen before. So Jesus, get off the notorious penis before a squeeze and bust. Oh, squeeze and bust. Whoa. Like that, that is <laughs> the, the way you've subtly just done that. And that to me is so satisfying. Every time I hear that is like how you've moved from one thing to another. And I'll always, always love how he lifted from get money the hook because I always thought it was yeah. such a hard line was the kicking the door wave in the 4-4 four, four, all you hear was Papa don't hit you it's always like someone said to him you know what you said there on Get Money was so hard you should just fucking use that again like it's so hard you're not going to get better than that yeah. and then yeah. the fucking flow at the end and this is another thing I had down where I was like blow up like dynamite sticks Mike Hydro that diamond that's it got paid off my flow rhyme rhyme with my own click take tips Cairo lay in with your bitch I know and then he's so angry he has to fit so many words into like a small breath I know you were praying you was which fucking prick when I see you I'm, he had to write he had to just put fucking prick in there <laughs> oh, that, that so really good. stands out though because of that it kind of goes that's what's so smart about it. Is you've gone from this really punchy flow to your fucking prick, like to finish it, like just to add the level of emotion to it. It just makes yeah. it fucking gold. Yeah. Absolute gold. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to fucking do this shit about uh, kicking the door. Uh, let's just quickly see. Did anyone have kicking the door in their uh, uh, fives? Here we do. Uh, sure. Yeah. Ninja's Rose at number three. Big up. Uh, Jack P, did you have it in number? Jack P had it. Five, which is fair enough. It's not in there. It's hard to pick these, isn't it? Uh, but yes, let's have a look at my number one. Wow. So you've got two more. I've got one more. So let me do my number one, Dan. Then I'm going to go to your two. I wonder if go my number it. one is in your number one. Uh, now, my number one, people listening to the show will know this. I think it is the, if you're talking about aliens, it is one of the best musical examples of novelistic human nature we love as humans to tell stories and storytellers are held in such high regard in human culture that we would give them everything riches and fucking respect and all that shit and his use of language to impact the listener with the imagery that sparks beyond 4k in this song uh, there are not many better storytelling songs than ends bleed now i know people have got who who got story to tell I go to Ends Bleed. I even listed down some of my favourite storytelling songs, and I was thinking, I think this might be the best. I've got, I've got a story to tell by Biggie, uh, Dance with the Devil, Immortal Technique. It was a good day. Cube, Stray Bullet, Organized Confusion, Art of Peer Pressure, Kendrick, Stan, Eminem, Children's Story, Slick Rick, an underrated one, Uncommon Valor by R.A. the Rugged Man. That's a really good one. Uh, Great shout. Wu-Tang, MGM, fucking Impossible, Maxine, fucking Alex, Hilton, Ghost, all that shit. Yeah. Regulate by Warren Jones. Listing these now, Lactose and Le Lectin from Victor Vaughan, uh, Ice-T, Six in the Morning, Miss Fat Booty, Most Def, uh, Millie pulled a pistol on Santa, Della Soul, uh, Spot Yachty, Dopalicious by Outkast, and I've also got Shootouts by Nas. Now, they're just a few I had just looking at my own playlists. And I was like, I think NSB might be better than all of them. I think it might, for me, 
it might be better. And I know that might be sacrilege to some of that Stan and all these people that love that, but this is the Alfred Hitchcock of rap in its finest form for me. Now, before I go more into Ensbleed, because people have heard from me on this before, do any does anyone have it in their five or do anyone have any takes on Ensbleed from uh, A Life After Death? Anyone's five? No? Oh, it won't be in John's. John's on his five. So not in your no, two. No, it's not, it's not on mine, but it was... It was at a, at, at a point, right? And mm-hmm. um, so, by the way, I want to go back to the story. Songs. In terms of children's story, I actually go with The Moment I Feared uh, ah, by Slick Rick. Okay. It's, it's my go-to Slick Rick story song. Interesting. Um, I like that one. It's, a, it's an incredible. Visine in the eyes and everything. It's, just, it's awesome. Uh, so, but yeah, to, I, had a, I had a roommate in the Army from Trinidad. He Originally from Trinidad, lived in New York after that. He got in, he got in, he had issues with people around the platoon. He was a care. Mm. And I remember people were coming to him and warning him, like, you got trouble. People are on the way. And he looked at everybody and said, ends bleed just like us. Oh, he referenced this song. Yes. Yes. People would, people would, when they were angry and about to fight each other, people would yell this at each other. Like uh, in the army, like they would, you know, that's uh, crazy. That's crazy. This was a part of our lives. Like this was, this language was, was a part of how we communicated these feelings. Now I didn't, I certainly Mm. don't. Yeah. I didn't have anybody bleeding or say the N words. (laughs) But this, this is the thing that, you know, when you say this to me then Dan, like as a kid growing up, just thinking how hard that hook was. It's one of my the hardest hooks in hip-hop history to me, which is picture me scared of an end that breathes the same air as me. Like, right, why, right. why on earth would I be scared of someone? Just pick, think how funny it must be to just try to picture me sitting there while my man in this life, with, the, with my life in this man's hands, while he's just deciding. Like that element of like almost self mockery of like, well, what? just imagine that that ain't going to happen. And that then bearing in reality with you is like, shit. Yeah. That this is a, what's that word? Uh, you're in the society, which is just, you cannot show any weakness. Otherwise people will probably kill you. And this is it. This is his Uber masculine, like storytelling, but he does that. But on top of that, the complexity to this song, the, the, it's vivid, absolutely, but a lot of his songs right. are vivid, but it surpasses his other work for me more than I've got a story to tell. And I know everyone loves I've got a story to tell, and I understand that. And it is a brilliant song. It's humorous. It could be real. People want to know who the Knicks player is. Like, And then it's like, what the right. fuck? This is that entertaining. Ends Bleed is the is the fucking auteur version. It's the criterion collection version of that. It's like only right. a few people are probably going to really want to unpack what he's saying because it is a bit more complex and it's, he's taking you on a journey. But when I say breathtaking, it literally took my breath away when I first heard it. It took me a few listens. No, I'm with you. And I was like, this is dazzling, phenomenal rap. And just the intro line, today's agenda, we've got a suitcase suitcase up in the centre. Bang, you're in. That's how he stopped. Great storytellers have a great opening line usually. And that's his opening line to this. Where you're like, what the fuck? And like, I can't think of a wasted word or line on the song anyway, because it is is my favourite Biggie song. But like, when, I'm not going to go through all of it as I had done before, but describing a security guard as Maxi Priest, 
right? It's amazing. <laughs> right, right, like, right. I've got everything I need in your your cell, like probably deprecating way of putting him down. Uh, his mate, Arizona Ron from Tucson. Tucson. Nothing to... Mate. Black Yukon. Black Yukon, mate. Mate, he's got nothing to lose, tattooed around his gun wound, everything to gain, embedded in his brain. That says more to me about this guy than you could write in a book sometimes. He's got nothing to lose tattooed around his gun. And you can see why there was Tupac references, like, oh, no, yeah, you referenced him Tupac or whatever, whatever. No, this is Ron from Tucson. And this is the this is his life, you know? And that um, just whole thing with, like, and then being wary of of dudes in showers with Matt Millies and shit. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, just that whole moment is 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 unbelievable and i've always referenced it on this pod but i will reference it again but when he shifts his pov of the first verse listen to that first verse it's so rewindable because he's going from we're telling you what the thing is caper is here frank go out there do it get your shit sorted and make sure you know but watch out these guys will put bombs in your mom's gas tank and then he goes then in his head he's going well if it, if they're shady we get shady we dress up like ladies and burn them with dirty 380s right what first of all you've shifted to that it's like no well, I can do and then you go back and then and then he's convincing him like you said earlier like how in that other song where he was like you can hear his emotions in this he's got the same thing he's calculated like hold on if I do this and I can do this and he's like Frank pay attention these motherfuckers is henchmen he's like Frank pay attention you're clearly wandering off somewhere else and then at the end he's like promise you won't rob him I promise but of course I have my fingers crossed all this complexity is like that's English English A level literature. You should be reading this for your A level if you really want to talk about storytelling. So yeah, no, I, I I do love it, and I love the punchline. They got the fucking toe tuck, like toad, and he's fucking what's he saying again? I can't believe how they allowed it. We just walk past them. We just walk past them at the end of that. So yeah, no, Ends Bleed is my number one. Maybe not for aliens, but I can kind of see why it'd be storytelling for me. Uh, but any, any, anyone else with Ends Bleed, love? I, I would give another a thing, of, and I'll throw it to John. I promise not to talk too much. Uh, <laughs> me, me and Cam share a talking too much thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, would say the, the thing about the, the tone of it, the tone of that song, what makes it so special, is nihilism, right? You can hear nihilism when you hear Scarface. You can mm. hear nihilism when you hear this song because you're, the, the undertone is, why would I give a fuck? The whole, mm. the whole deck is stacked against me. We're all going to die way earlier than we should, so who cares? Mm. We'll dress up like ladies and kill them with guns. Like, mm. I don't care. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, um, and and that's the undertone of this, and it's that's a real that comes from a lot of pain. Yeah, it comes from a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John ends bleed. Anything from your end there, mate, on that song? Yeah, I think this. Um, you know, if if I go full circle about what we were speaking about at the beginning, um, when we were talking about "Give Me the Loot" and that storytelling and you know internal monologue and like all these different like uh, kind of dynamics that he's using in in way he's writing mm. you can see the levels are shifting in terms of his ability at this point right like mm. this is someone who's learned from all of the stuff that's come before that he's been able to create and is now able to take some you know similar concepts of you know telling a story from different perspectives and you know his in, internal monologue and all the comedy all the humor all the punchlines but he's still keeping the menace mm. like all of that stuff is coming together to like give you this 
like story that again that creates so much imagery in your mind you're able to like picture these characters right like mm. everyone they close their eyes can picture ron right like yeah. they can see it in their mind it's those kind of things that i think at this point he's become such a master of his craft that it's kind of undeniably like brilliant it's not in mine because again like for different criteria right but i think this is this is a great example of of where biggie got to in terms of his um skill set just on this topic while i was thinking when you were talking listing other um storytelling songs the ones that i thought and again maybe maybe this is better than them it's not a um necessarily a better list um dmx damien Oh. That, that kind of popped into my mind when we talk about internal monologue. Yes. Um, Mob, Mob Deep, Trife Life and Trife Life Part 2. Great mm. story, storytelling. Mm. Common Testify. It's yeah. a great, like the court, the court case thing and explaining that whole case. Yeah. Uh, and Big L, the heist, just from a, like, I mean, I, I love Big L so much, but like the flow perspective and again, imagery, storytelling, punchlines. Mm. Um, the heist is fucking brilliant at just like laying out a story. And I think again, like someone cut off way too short. I think we would have seen stuff like this from Big L like later down as he starts like honing his craft. Big was just there like at that point um, and able to deliver that stuff at this level and that's why this is a great track and a great choice. Good shout. Yep. God, I love that, John. Uh, Dan, so we have got your last two left, mate. Your last two. Ooh. I'm really intrigued to know what Ooh. these are. Uh, so uh, let's, let's, have, let's have a listen then. Go on then. Number two and number one for you. Drop them. So uh, we're going to... So- my obviously my first was was warning second was who shot you mm. uh third was you're nobody till somebody kills you mm. so the two you don't have are my four and five mm. um my fifth is suicidal thoughts um, okay right now the interesting part is my favorite album in the history of music is came out in 1971 it's just as i am by bill withers right oh, and um it's got a similar song Better off dead, uh, that ends with him shooting himself. Um, in the same manner as this, it there's what strikes me re-listening to suicidal thoughts and what what put it over things like the what is how terrifying. Like in the background, Puffy is pleading with him not to kill himself. Mm. The the vocal doubles are pleading with him mm. to not kill himself. Um, and he is just digging into this like anxiety and self-hate that he had and just flushing it out um, in a, and, and in a way that was so ahead of its time, mm. you know, mm. like Big, Biggie, well, Jay was special and Biggie were special because they were actually talking about emotion. When I, whenever I make fun of 90s rap, I kind of discuss it as like there was a lot of rambo rap there was a lot of people like mm. killing tons of people you know <laughs> yeah uh, the joke is that the game would love to be in the 90s because he could kill a lot of people mm. in his verses but jay would talk about his feelings and that was really deep that was really interesting but biggie was talking about horrifying shit mm. like shit that you wouldn't like mention if you were recording if you were the engineer recording it, you'd be like, do you want to tell us that about your mother? Mm. Like, really? You want to, you should cut that. Um, mm. But it was incredible. It, we've talked about Biggie mentioning people, Kwame and mm. Maxi Priest. Mm. It almost feels like Biggie didn't care who he said the name of or didn't. Right. Yeah. Like he was just like, yeah, maybe I'll talk about fame. Maybe I'll talk about my mother's cancer. Mm. You know, like he was just, in his writing zone and trusted it. Mm. Uh, so 
Suicidal Thoughts is really special and really, um, there's nothing like it. And I'd want the alien to hear it. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. not many songs like it outside of maybe Ghetto Boys. They've got a few songs like that we all know about and stuff like that. But there is that moment of, I think the context of this as well, like you have an album which is audacious. It's fucking, you know, swagger, I'll kill anything. I'll do whatever, rah, rah, bravado all the way through it. And then you slowly get ground down to this guy who's so loathing of himself or his actions, stealing from his mom's purse and shit like that. And like, yes, it's just this stuff where you're like, shit, that must really feel like, I don't know. The, the, the kind of just open letter, like this, this like is to his soul. It's just pretty mad. And even doesn't he say like people fronted at my own funeral, like he's still, even when he's right. dead, he can't, right. he can't be resting in peace because of people like that. And, um, yeah, the big, the, the puffy thing as well is like crazy. Just hear, I've never heard anything like that before. And to end the album with that, the journey made it a real concept for me. They made it, made it fully realize you could just put loads of tracks together, but no, they didn't. They, they thought suicidal thoughts is a way to end it because it is called ready to die. And let's really go into the concept of the whole thing. And, um, beat is just fucking austere like you know fucking yeah 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 suicide thoughts great shout man uh john what did you think of suicide thoughts mate yeah it's a great it's a great shout uh, again this is one that always like when i was younger would always stand out to me because it's really shocking right like mm. right. hearing someone essentially commit suicide on a record is not something that you were used to hearing at all and does like the first time you ever hear it is it is like a bit of a twist at the end of a M Night Shyamalan movie, right? You're just like, what the fuck just happened? Mm. And you have to kind of go, did I like just actually imagine that, or did that actually just happen? Mm. And I think as you get older, you start to understand like all the kind of braggadocious stuff in hip hop is a veneer of essentially like PTSD of what it was like to live, uh, you know, that lifestyle, and mm. you know, being a, in a country that has. Know, racial tensions and tensions with the police and being from that community all those you know different prejudices you're going through and doing what you can to survive and all of those different pressures building up to the point where you know you've got this these feelings inside of of essentially suicide the difference here that that we see from biggie that you know maybe there are other examples of it but i can't think of any off the top of my head is vulnerability was not in the vocabulary of rappers like it just wasn't you'd hear all the other stuff you'd hear like, i'll rob people i'll wear chains and drive range and Mm-hmm. I'm fucking every bitch in the neighborhood. You wouldn't hear, I feel really bad about doing that and about the way I've got this wealth. And now I'm thinking about fucking slitting my wrists and mm-hmm. my mom should have got an, ab- like, an abortion. And the only artist that I can think that really like captures that same way that kind of shocked people, not that I'm a massive fan, but was kind of Eminem, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. came out with like jokes and funniness, but it was also just very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And I think Biggie does that, like he does brags better than anyone else, but somehow manages to be way more humble and self-deprecating than anyone else. Mm. And I think, again, that's what makes him so compelling is he's such a multifaceted person mm. that makes his art really interesting to to listen to and absorb because normally you just get one side, like Drake's just unrequited love <laughs> dynamic, right? Well, that's it for 10 million albums. Like, cool. <laughs> like with Biggie, we, we get every emotion, every feeling of guilt, angst, mm. success, pain, failure, fear, like all of these things on, on every album. Mm. Um, and this is a great example of of that sadness and stuff that you just don't get that from other artists. You always, you're always shielded from that. And I think mm. he's done that in, in an amazing way on this track. Mm. And, and his growth into yeah. the next album, 
Sorry, Dan, I was just going to say, it, where you don't get this on the next album. There is no suicidal thoughts. Now I've got too much to lose. Now it's you're preying on my downfall. Now it's like, you know, yeah. this you're nobody till somebody kills you. There's an extension of this kind of suicidal thinking into, again, nihilism, like somebody's going to kill you and that's the only reason I'm going to know you kind of thing. Dan, Dan, did you did you have anything else on? No, I just, I wanted to shout out uh, Drake for the last six years. <laughs> his content isn't just unrequited love. It's unrequited love due to scheduling issues. Like, you know, I'm in your town for tonight and you have a husband. What is this bullshit? I'm in Utah. Come on. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. yeah it's, that's uh, hilarious. Uh, so you're fourth then. You're fourth, Dan. What, what, yeah, what's no, your number four? This builds to what John, John is great. He's been doing great. Uh, John made a great point. He said, we, we, we were talking about who shot you scales it up right? Mm, mm, and mm. makes it bigger size. Suicidal thoughts kind of scales it down mm. to where you're in, you're trapped with. So Biggie controlled the scale of his song so well. Mm. Uh, my fourth was a nod to that. And it's, it's, I got a story to tell. I got a story to tell. Okay. Okay. So w- w- uh, yeah, to break that down for me. I, the thing about it is it, it's a really unique song. You know, African-American gentlemen bleed just like us is like a mafioso rap track. For right? sure. I hear cool G rap on that beat, mm. but the beat too. I got a story to tell is so kind of light mm. and uh, pretty. And, and then it's him laughing with his friends talking shit. <laughs> and like, Oh, what I want the alien to know. I actually did. You, I, at some point, I had dreams just playing in my five. Do you remember that song? Oh yeah. Dreams. Yeah. Dreams of, I had dreams in my five because I wanted the alien to know hip hop is a safe place for you to say all your weirdest section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Keith. Fuck. Yeah. You can just say, you can just keep, you can keep it a buck and just be like, I'm not banging any of the girls in escape. Like I'm not doing it. So he, uh, <laughs> poor escape. With, Jeez. Poor escape. Shot to escape, caught astray. Again. But no, on, like that. This, what was these like? Uh, the shit she kicked, all that shit's legit. Yeah. Mm. So, oh wait, she's stressing me to fuck like she was in a rush. We fucked in his bed, quite dangerous. I'm in his ass while he. While I'm in her ass while he's playing against the Utah Jazz. Jazz yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? He came twice. I came last. Roll the grass. Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, hilarious vivid um just highly sexual but like confident Mm. confident and being fat it meant a lot yeah (laughs) bro (laughs) it meant a lot but he had that whole thing you know like um calling himself like ugly and like people saying like you know how he was you know now they're all over me but you know that kind of thing he had this real kind of swagger for it as well but also self-deprecating stuff but yeah i got a story to tell man that was the one that did the round when that came out that album everyone talked about that song like oh my god can you believe and then he was like oh i wrote a song about this once yeah i'm just gonna go sit this guy up you're like you what you're just gonna get inspiration from your own songs and sit this guy up and um i think the thing that always got me 
I think it always annoyed me, which was like, he stepped in emotion, emotionless and then started saying, don't shoot me. It's like, no, you're showing emotion then, Biggie. You've got, you've slipped up there, mate. You're a, you're a top, top tier lyricist. But that moment where he said he stuck there, he stood there emotionless and then started showing emotion in the next line, always grated on me. Maybe I'm just a really pedantic piece of shit. That's what it was as a kid. <laughs> I was that guy where they're like, fuck off, Cam. Jesus, trying to enjoy the song. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I do love it. I do love, I've got a story to tell. I can't, I can't deny. I can see exactly why it's in your five as well so yeah i love that uh, john i've got a story to tell yeah i think you guys like summed up really well i think again it's like storytelling stuff um and i think like dan hit the nail on the head it's like the other side of it right like he's done the gully shit like the street mm-hmm. shit and all this other stuff sometimes people just like fun stories like <laughs> this is a bit like catching up with your boys like boys I had a mad one this weekend like let me tell you about this right and it's yeah. like you're checking in with your friend and he's like telling you this fucking mad story about all this shit that's going on. And yeah, it's that classic thing of like, you create a narrative around this person you've slept with. And then people want to ask the questions were like, who's the player? Who's this? Who's that? Mm. And it's like, it might just be made up, but it doesn't matter because it creates a mystique around how this has happened and, and what's going on. Um, yeah. One thing that's popped into my head is like, um, what is that bit, that biggie line that always cracks me up when he's like, girl so fine you'd suck on it on her oh, daddy's daddy's dick, dick. <laughs> <laughs> is that from the what no it, no it's, it's from um, one more chance one more chance maybe is yeah. it one more chance and i can't it, remember that's such a fucking brilliant line but yeah like you're just talking about like like big lines about that it just kind of popped into my head as like that's oh, just a fucking mental line but only he could kind of get away with it because it kind of worked in yeah. the narrative like you um, said he says, says- he says she, right. no but no I'm saying it, it, the same thing in before nasty boy where he's like so after i shitted on her uh, you're like what he shitted on her right, what? right, right. <laughs> like that you're like, he really is just talking about anything he wants to talk about <laughs> but then he also has, he's a, to be fair for all the good shit we said about Big he still did add a fucking sketch of him like getting a blowjob you don't yeah. need that mate nobody yeah, needs that yeah that was terrible yeah was not, terrible. In, not in remastered high res you know fucking sound I don't need that and for context we have to say in the 90s mm. Male MCs had a really hard time talking about romance and relationships. Mm. Like, because of the Rambo thing. The Rambo thing made it so it was hard to go from, I killed 20 people last night to, Samantha broke my heart. Not Mm. the same. Like, Mm. it was hard to go from that to that. And there were these, sometimes I would make fun of the 90s where there was like one I Love You Mom song Mm. on every hard album. (laughs) Yeah. So we'd, we'd kill... We'd kill people in their face and they'd be like, my mom's is an angel. <laughs> it was the tone of it was hard to balance. Mm. And Biggie was one of those people effortlessly. His story songs could be about murder mm. or a drug yeah. thing, or it could just be this, this lady he knows yeah. from the neighborhood. Like uh, it's, it could be whatever. Yeah. It was just, he addressed it all the same. I love that. Well, there you go. That's our that's our fives. There's our fives, and yep. I really appreciate yep. you. You guys have bought some fire today. It's been brilliant. I can't believe them for so long. It's appreciate the stamina as well. Uh, but I was going to say, uh, if if I don't know if you had a standout one for your alien then for an alien because it is different to my five. My top five is my top five, but what I would play to an alien is different. And I think I am now convinced, unless. You thing is, you in a hundred hip hop songs, you could easily put on the storytelling song. So Ends Bleed might get cut out because of that. Even though I think it is right. the best storytelling song, I think 
I'd be hard pressed to really argue against some of the other ones I've already put put down. So maybe not that one. But for me, I do think Juicy has made the best argument from me for that, as we've just talked about. Dan, you have a spreadsheet. You have maybe your own thoughts on on this alien like uh, song. What did you deduce it down to? What, what, what's the song you think should be? So like am I, I'm trying to give one song to the alien. Mm, got a teacher hip hop comes down. It goes, "What's nineties nineties hip hop?" And you're like. Well, here's one song from Biggie, and you can only pick one song. Right. Which one would it be? Okay, okay. Because um, I'm, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna go warning. I'm just gonna give warning because to me, that is like that paste story song. Mm. But if you were to break it down in categories, right? I think we're on the verge of this. Like, you can give them one storytelling big song, mm. one like uh, you know anthemic big song, mm. like hypnotize or juicy. Mm. one you know uh and I, that would let me include the what which is what my big oh. regret is right yeah because then yeah. i could have the what is biggie plus another lyricist yeah which is another category right because mm. uh, you fit in a method like, man Brooklyn's finest is like that you know yeah yeah and you fit in a jay-z see it's the thing if you've got 100 songs only one can be big do you want and how many Jay, you can you have one Jay Z song? Yeah, that's it. So if you're only picking one bit, what I'm saying is, is there better storytelling songs? Is there better anthemic songs? And that's the thing where I come down to where I think if there's one thing that no one has done better, it's probably Juicy, which is that right. element of the American dream. Although there are elements all through hip hop about the American dream, no one does it with that much celebratory success. And also, it reached more ears. It did reach more ears. So to an alien, you're like, well, most people also would call this, you know, the karaoke song as well. So it has that as well. So that was my, my shout is Juicy. D- John, your shout? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sticking with Juicy and like just like taking this like alien um, situation one step further, right? I assume when, when this alien comes back after we've given him all these songs to listen to, like it, these are the best it, songs. It, it, sorry, it. <laughs> Uh, this evolved life form. Um, once it once it comes back and like we're jamming with it, obviously we're going to go to hip hop events, right? And like this is mm. going to be our friend, and we want it to fit in. So you walk in, and Juicy comes on, and it doesn't know it. Ooh, yeah. that's, come a on, man. <laughs> no, that's, that's a problem. That's, that is a that's problem. A, that is a problem. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, just from a human yes. decency point of view, as like a good ambassador <laughs> for the human race, it's good. only fair that this this you know, delightful species learns juicy. Otherwise they're never going to fit in. Otherwise like, e- ET's in the mud and it's getting a beat down with Timberlands. It's getting a Timberland beat down. <laughs> ET's exactly. got a Timberland beat down because it didn't know juicy. Okay. So, yeah. We're the, we are the tour guide, right? So mm. we got to show, you can't just not show the Washington monument. You know what I mean? You gotta, you're the tour guide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. that, that, that's a, that's the most compelling argument to me. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Uh, okay, well, we're going to put it to a vote for the patrons anyway, so it'd be quite interesting what the vote result is in the end. Uh, Dan, you came up with a really interesting just take uh, on my WhatsApp. Just let's end on that. Uh, be- be- actually, let me go into the chat quickly because people might be going to bed right now. Go I can't imagine yeah, they're yeah. going to still be around some of them. So let me quickly just say, um, here we go. Uh, oh, yeah, the what? Yeah, you talked about that. Uh, ends by suicide thoughts and the what just missed out for me, says Ninja's Rose. Um Ninja's Rose, Suicide Thoughts, probably my favourite big track. I left it off because I find it hard to revisit on personal reasons. On a light-hearted note, I have got Ready to Die tattooed around my shin bone. <laughs> Which is almost like, 
almost like Ron from Tucson. That's a brilliant, brilliant. I've got a story to tell. It's in my top five because of that beat, says Steve Piper. Let's not sleep on that beat. That beat is sick. And the Utah Jazz line, yeah. Uh, a weirdly drawn a parallel between Biggie and Carl, says Ninja's Rose. The ability to sum up so much by saying so little, just in a vastly different way. Yeah. Put Billy Woods in that as well. Put Rock Marciano in that as well. Uh, John's pragmatic thinking is second to none, says, uh, says Ninja's you. Rose. Bless there you, you go. Uh, <laughs> Dano, I want John as an inner voice. Yeah. <laughs> to untangle my brain yes yeah that'd be brilliant let's please have that so so dan what was the thing go on break it down for us what did you want us to all right so and this is me just going deep into my counter historical uh ideas so biggie was building was having an interesting career mm. it doesn't get murdered mm. in march uh shout out to all the people that have told me that that puffy killed him I love hearing hip hop conspiracies. <laughs> if you have any hip hop conspiracy, email me at goodspiritedgoons at freemusicempire.com. Uh, so, but, uh, so yes, yeah, so this, this one is he doesn't get murdered, continues living. If that happens, who would you be most excited to hear him rap with on us on songs? Mm. Uh, I sat with this. I came up with, I think it was like 11. Uh, possibles, right? And I've got my pick for who, who it would have to be. Uh, Break them but, down. Break them down. So I got to look. So Scarface, yes. DMX, oh. love that. Missy Elliott, oh yeah. Yes. Right. Ghostface Killer. Which you can have <laughs> yeah. Ghostface and Ray if you want to do that both. Oh, verbal yes, intercourse. We yes, we want to do that. Verbal then. intercourse yes. too. Oh. Uh, MF Doom. 100%. Black Thought. Mm. Black Thought. Buster Rhymes. Little Wayne. We had him with Buster Did, Rhymes, didn't we? Got a, a dark horse here. Dizzy Rascal. Oh. Oh. I can see uh, that on a remix somewhere. LP. Or clips, clips is the last. Put push a push a T yeah. push a T for me would see it would work. It would be so nice to hear that. Did we not get him with Buster on the Flavor in Your Ear remix? And it always it was a nice little that that the whole remix is wicked because he has so many different styles. Uh, but yeah, I do like that. Oh, John, have you got any from that? Because I, I, I DMX, you don't put Eminem in there. We already got Eminem, didn't we? We already got Eminem dead wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I I love the the thinking. The Dizzy thing's really interesting. You've heard that track with um with Giggs called Nutcracker, Dizzy mm. and Giggs. Ooh. And that that is when you said it, I was like Biggie doing the gigs like the slower flow with Dizzy doing the like yeah. double time flow. That that sort of sound combination could have been great. Mm. Um I thought about this. So um I was thinking, okay, he doesn't die, right? Like that kind of changes Jay-Z a lot. Right, like, and I know we had, mm. I know we had them together on Brooklyn's Finest, mm. but like, yep. if if Big doesn't die, eventually he's like gets to a point where you know Jay Z's trajectory kind of was like outgrew Rockefeller and became his own thing. Mm. Big is outgrowing Puff at some point and going, hang oh, on, yeah. a minute. I don't, I don't need to be giving away like all of this stuff. I need to do my own thing. And yep. I think we could, we could have been in a scenario where that Jay Z and Big 
are closer and and do more artistically together and Brooklyn's Finest is fucking fire like that is such a it, really it doesn't actually get yeah. talked about that much considering yeah. how ridiculous it is like yeah. the two, like two of the greatest ever on that track going absolutely fire back to yep. back amazing so I imagine like more of that essentially would be great um, I just went straight up and just thought okay what other essentially kings of New York have we had that would have been really interesting I'd have loved 50 and big would have been fucking great wouldn't yeah. it like Ooh. 50 and big like imagine a big feature on Get Rich or Die Trying like no. it'd be ridiculous um, would have been ridiculous I would have loved to hear um, not so much like them both rapping on the track but I would have loved to have heard big on a Kanye Soul Beats era Interesting. Uh, instrumental Interesting. Just, just think like, just think Jay Z, right? Just Jay Z yeah. on Kanye beats is amazing. Imagine like peak big um, would have been great. And just for the um, the reference earlier about um, Lil Fame on the warning, mm. MOP. Like, imagine big on anti oh. upbringings would have been fucking sick. Just, but just MOP's energy with big, like that yeah. combination would have just been amazing. And and obviously that relationship and rapport they would have had, mm. they they were the ones that popped into my mind. Just kind of, um, yeah, I think that would have been nice combinations. Oh, Cam, many men, many men with Biggie. Oh, many men. Yeah, he would work on that beat. This is the thing. I think there's even people at the time that you regret, like him and Pun. Him and Pun on a song would have been monumental. It's like we we have Black Thought and Pun. And we have that now, so we know how good it worked. So that that would have been for me up there. I even think mm-hmm. Pete Cannabis, <laughs> Pete Cannabis, oh, wow. with, with with a big yeah. like just just yeah. having that weird that weird like just here four three two one. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then again, anyone on four three two one with big meth. We had meth and big. Imagine red and big. You know that kind of thing. LL and big. We had that on flavor in your ear. Just imagine a bit more of that. So. He had he had those moments nearby to him, but um, I personally had like Ghost, uh, Doom. I had one where I was like, you know what, we didn't actually get at that time was Be Real. I wouldn't have minded a Be oh. Real Cypress Hill. I want to hear Big over Mugs anyway, but yeah. Big over oh, Mugs and gosh. that kind of different flow that would have worked for me. But then I started thinking about people that we missed out hearing him over and it would have been an obvious step to Neptunes. Neptunes was the next step. For sure. He'd have done the, you know, super thug, his version of it or whatever. But like him, I was thinking to this day where I was like, just imagine why he would have changed his flow. Maybe like Jay-Z has or whatever. And we never got the Primo project, but we never got a Nas Primo project, but he got more Nas Primo songs. But I was then thinking like, Fuck man, him and Muggs, yes. Him and Neptunes, yes. But imagine him now, now on Madlib, or him now, Dilla, Dilla. There you go. Right. That would have been right. fucking mad. You hear Raekwon on Dilla; it's a brilliant. He's got tracks, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're yeah. like, that works. Buster on bigger uh, on Dilla works. So yeah, no, it would have been amazing. And we already know that he can switch his flow to different types of things and lend his hand. So. Yeah, I hope that's a brilliant way to cap this off. It has been a two and a half hours biggie loving. And um, I didn't know if you guys had anything no, else to say on it. Boom, bitty, boom, bitty, bye, bye, Cypress Hill with uh, with with Biggie would have been amazing. I, can I tell you my number one pick? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, go. Sorry, of course. So, and this goes back to the biggie as a trumpet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, biggie is a trumpet. DMX is an electric guitar. You know, okay, and so I want to hear those two against one another. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I want it on 
like a Swiss Beats beat, uh, maybe a Dame Grease <laughs> yeah. or like a yeah. Bink. Uh, but yeah, maybe Bink. Uh, but it's so, but yeah, that I wanted, I want to hear DMX, that like rough, rugged kind of mm. uh, energy. Oh, and Biggie smoothing it out. Biggie being able to naturally parse and smooth that out. Here it is for you then, mate. 24 hours to live. If you'd yeah. gone Harlem World, he'd have done that. He'd have done that. He'd oh, have yeah. done Harlem World. He'd have done, he'd probably still be with Bad Boy at that point, And he would have got with DMX. And 24 hours to live would have been a perfect one for him. Because they all have that, oh. the locks kill it. He kills it. Jade yep. is amazing. And then just imagine Biggie coming in with his verse about how he had 24 Ooh. hours to live. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. What about, what about uh, Ends Done Started Something? That Ooh. with Biggie would have been fucking fire. And if yeah. we want to go like pure, pure, just absolute trash beat, um, money, cash, yeah. hoes, Jay Z and DMX, throw <laughs> big on there. It's going to be fucking fire. And it would work. It would work. <laughs> I like that fucking, beat. I like that beat. Golden mate, same. I love it. Golden but Axe, yeah. Golden Axe. Exactly. <laughs> just those three on it would have been, would have been crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. imagine yeah. that in, was that 99, 98? Ooh, mate. Three kings, three kings right there on a fucking track. That's what I mean. Jesus. Fire. Do you know what we didn't get a lot of though? Him over Rizza, him over Wu, to uh, hear him maybe, I don't know, yeah. but then I, I can see Nas definitely more on, you know, Cuban links, but just hearing something from a Wu, he can't hear big on Liquid Swords at all, but like there might have been something that Meth could have done that would have worked better for him. But um yeah, man, just been so sick. I'm so glad we got to cover all these moments of Biggie. Sorry, Dan, yeah. you were going to say something. Dan. No, I was going to say, put him on Supreme Clientele. Oh. Yeah. Oh, book 50. Bit of book 50. Mm. With, oh, mm. mate, shit. I wonder, so I wonder, because already he had Ray and Ghost doing the slang. And although mm. I don't think there's a lot of slang in Biggie, there is slang, mm. but it's not as skied out, you know, all that shit as, you, as yeah. some people are. And I wonder if that had become more of his thing or if he would have leaned more into the humour. I don't know. But yeah, he definitely had that uh, mastery of, of storytelling. So I, I would be, I'd be interested if he did a storytelling fucking album. Do you know what I mean? Oh. A concept album. <laughs> uh, it would be amazing. But all the what ifs you want, uh, hopefully we get to this again. But we are going to be doing more top fives to get this alien list panned out. So hopefully get a few more artists we can cover and love to have you guys back on. Uh, what are you guys up to? Where can we find you? And uh, what should we watch out for? Uh, uh, Dana, Dan, what? What you got coming, man? You always got something cooking. Let's uh, we go to patreon.com backslash fair free music empire. Uh, yeah, we just posted, you know, this. Uh, uh, we had uh, what it, we had, like I said, some guests didn't go. Whenever a guest doesn't show, I just go to the Patreon users and ask them what old album I should review. Mm. Uh, and Sankofa, shout out to Sankofa. He suggested the iceberg, uh, the freedom of speech, you know, album mm. uh, from Ice T, nineteen eighty nine, was awesome. Digging into that was really cool. Wicked. Uh, so that's that's great. We got lots of cool stuff coming down the line with with guests and shoot. This we're about to heat up with album releases. Uh, you know, keep people on your on your radar. Uh, Sketch 185 is coming out with an album that's going to be really important. Mm. Odyssey mm. dropped today. Uh, yeah. Odyssey dropped an album today. 
Yep, Odyssey. Oh, yep. shit. I didn't even know that. Okay, I've got to check. But this this yeah. is it. I love the fact that we can talk about Biggie and yet there's still all these underground cats that you can really still touch into and get so much out of. So, no, I really, I love that. Fuck, wicked. Uh, John, John, what are you up to next, man? And where can we find you? Yeah, if people want to find me, um, my handle everywhere is at the real John Bass, J O N B A S S. Um, do you know what? We, we've been trying to think of ways we can bring back Notorious P.O.D. that like has some relevance because we, you know, and I know that you've like struggled with this, right? I don't really like fuck with that much modern hip hop, right? I really struggle mm. with it. Mm. So there's, there's a handful, well, not even a handful. There's, a, there's a, a decent sized list of classics that people want to hear reviewed. And so that was what Notorious P.O.D. started as. And you came on and did the chronic and we've, we've gone through all of the like considered like high value albums. Mm. We tried to do other ones that were like personal favorites. About five people listened to it because if you don't know the album, like it's very hard for people to get into it. it right? is, but... So we really struggled with that. And then, you know, life takes over, it gets busy, but there are some really old, um, there are old episodes on there that are worth listening back. They're kind of evergreen. So yeah, if you want to check them out, they're on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Notorious P-O-D. Um, so yeah, feel free to have a listen to those. Um, I'll just round out by saying, um, you know, the last time I was on, I missed out getting the infamous in to create 808. <laughs> and you asked a question earlier about three track runs on albums mm. now on the infamous you have survival of the fittest oh. eye for an eye oh. and give up the goods three oh. in a row i rest my case thank you all and good night <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that yeah shit yeah, fucking fire oh yeah yeah good i love that keep flying that out infamous flag mate one day it'll get in one day it'll get into creo <laughs> no, 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 just no. keep bringing it back to compete against <laughs> other albums forever until it gets in no yeah. infamous is amazing it's just that i was gonna sell on earth but i'm joking everyone please calm down uh but yeah no okay fair play and yes do go check and you know what for all these uh it's a fucking hard job doing podcasts so people go out there can you please rate and review all the pods please for us as well uh, and spread the word I think a lot of it is just spreading the word and we love having you on patreon.com slash create808 to join in these live chats get over there to Dan's Patreon as well and help support this little uh, community we've got going on man so let's jump in quickly to the chat before we bust the groove um, so I thought oh Steve Piper I'll throw Sean Price in there Sean P and Biggie Steve that's great, great. No, I love that oh that's uh, good Ninja Rose big and push with perfection kind of works doesn't it push actually recently said he impersonated biggie the whole way through his hell hell no fury <laughs> so yeah it was just it's just the, the coke shit isn't it like yeah. it works perfectly them two would have been amazing yeah oh ninja's rose big and conway most deaf and big would have been ridiculous oh, yeah. over a primo so beat good. and this That's is a so nice good. one from jack p biggie and danny brown i know we're just listing yeah. main rappers here but genuinely think about that one that's a that's an off kilter one that that could have been crazy back i think big could have rode that energy absolutely well thank you very much we shall all catch you soon uh catch it all there and yeah peace out boys boom baby baby yeah baby baby <laughs>